0: and later here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Next, and the Bank of England should limit the average increase in house prices to 5% a year. The Royal Institution of Chartered Surveyors says capping increases by limiting lending would prevent another house price bubble. Well, the Bank of England says it already has measures in place to deal with the problem, including telling banks to set aside more capital if and when needed. Now, Hertfordshire Police have made an appeal on Crime Watch about the robbery of a jeweller's in Watford. The raid took place last November at Goldsmith's in the shopping centre. Three men used hammers to smash the display cabinets but left empty handed. The NHS complaints watchdog in England is concerned about failures to recognise and treat sepsis. The health service ombudsman has called for new guidelines to help doctors, nurses and even ambulance staff to recognise the condition, which is estimated to cause 37,000 deaths here every year. She says patients with sepsis can be in greater danger than they appear.
1: The seriousness of a patient's condition isn't recognised. And actually, sepsis is really difficult to diagnose. People can look well compared to other people that come into accident and emergency, for example, and so it's critical that the early warning signs are seen and acted upon.
0: Dame Julie Miller there. So, the social media company Twitter's confirmed it's planning to float on the stock market. It's thought the sale may raise about £6 billion. Twitter, which was founded seven years ago now, has well over 200 million active users and makes money through advertising. Meanwhile, Sainsbury's is recalling all of its bagged watercress and salads containing watercress because of fears they might give people food poison. It's already made 18 people ill. Finally, in sport, Luton Town play Wrexton this evening in the football conference and the weather, it's not too bad today a little bit overcast, going to see some brighter spells later this afternoon, temperatures 19 degrees Celsius, get the latest news and sports online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties
2: Who buys watercress? Who buys it? No, producer Tara slowly raising her hand. We don't buy watercress. We grow it on the windowsill in an old flannel. Everyone knows that. You don't buy it. You grow it either in an old flannel or an eggshell. You have it in a sandwich and go, hmm, that doesn't taste very nice, and you never eat it again. Whoa, a cup of tea is being brought to me. There are no actual cups. There we go. Okay, it's out. Thank you. What a great start to what's going to be a great show. I can't guarantee that. In fact, it probably won't be, but let's assume the best and we'll reassemble just before nine and discuss. Coming up, do you remember I told you a while ago about the case of an elderly dementia patient who was left overnight on a patient transport bus in Luton. Horrible story. Well, it was a one-off, wasn't it? Wrong. It wasn't. We'll have details on that in a few minutes. Hey, rail fans, good news for you guys. Stay tuned, huh? Huh? And it's Friday the 13th. Spooky. Now, you're a sensible bunch, but I bet you've got superstitions. I do, as do most of the people here at BBC Three Counties Radio. What are yours? Facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. You can send me a text, 81333, start your text, 3CR. Or you can give me a call,
3: 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
2: I'm joined by Tara Gungerful. Before we get on to this slightly more important story, you actually buy watercress.
4: Only if an egg sandwich is being made for a party. (laughs)
2: Wow, what a party. party. What a great party. Children's
4: party, watercress. Well, the party's
2: really kicking off. I thought <laughs> I'd bring out the egg and watercress sandwiches, guys. Hope you don't think I'm being too forward. <laughs> Margaret, would you like one?
4: <laughs> right. Just I, like that. You've been there.
2: <laughs> I've been there. Right. On to slightly more serious things. It's emerged that there's an incredible story the case of the elderly dementia patient who was left overnight on a patient transport bus in Luton. Well, it's not the only time it's happened. 88 year old Joan Cook spent 14 hours. On the bus. 14 hours trapped on a bus, an 88-year-old woman. This it's incredible. The driver, Susan McLaughlin, was cleared of neglect at Luton Crown Court. But it appears, it appears the case wasn't a one-off. And last night, the council discussed whether its procedures for dealing with this sort of thing are now robust, robust enough. Well, Tara's been following this. Remind us what the reaction was following the case we spoke about, the Joan Cook case.
4: Yeah, absolutely. In fact, she had a daughter, Anne Holloway, mm. uh, on the programme at the time. Now, she said that they were badly let down by the Luton Transport Department, with their indifference, that's what she was very unhappy about. She said, uh, you know, we've been told that Mrs McLaughlin lost her job, but they were disappointed it wasn't recognised in the courts that what she did was wrong. Now, Lutonborough Council said at the time it was very sorry that what it described as a very shocking incident had ever happened, but it was satisfied that its policies and procedures had always been sound. And in a statement at the time, it said, nonetheless, we immediately conducted a thorough review and have strengthened these, where appropriate, in order to make absolutely sure that this can never happen again. But this is the new material. Mm. It was revealed in the council report last night that there have been other incidents involving elderly people. Now, we don't have the exact details. And uh, the fact is that they have identified that other incidents have happened. And that's despite saying at the time that what happened with Joan Cook was an entirely isolated incident.
2: So what do we know about these, these other incidents?
4: Well, before the case of Joan Cook, we know that there was something that was described as a serious incident. That's the council's words. Mm. The council says that while the elderly passengers suffered no long-term harm, the consequences could have been far more serious. Uh, There was also a third case involving a 16-year-old who got knocked down after leaving a vehicle. Um, What is interesting to note is that the first case was not initially reported, even though two care agencies and the hospital as well as the transport services were aware. And uh, it it was only because the second case of Joan Cook came to our attention that action was done. And now the council is clamping down on its whistleblowing procedures. More on that in a moment. But in a nutshell, it's been forced to review arrangements to make sure that they are safe and that the well-being and dignity of patients is ensured at all times. It's
2: not a lot to ask, is it, that the safety and well-being of patients is uh, uh, being transported is ensured and a little bit of dignity as well. You, you kind of expect that to be the basic minimum.
4: Yeah, that has to be the base level <laughs> of, uh, of, of what, to expect
2: Uh, what what is the council doing to make sure this doesn't happen again
4: well in both cases disciplinary action was taken and the driver who left the woman on the bus did uh, lose her job um now the council says and you talk about you know a base level of what should Mm. be expected the council says drivers now have to check every seat is empty Uh. at the end of their shift by physically clicking each seat belt into place
2: right well that that seems a little bit over the top, surely you I one can check
4: that. Click.
2: click. Surely you can walk through a bus and see that seats. Empty. Yeah, those seats are empty. let have a
4: quick look underneath. Yeah, everywhere uh, the bus is empty. That—that's all you need to do, isn't it? Yeah, we're not talking about a bag being left on a bus. We're just checking to make sure there's the, no the actual person. Okay. Um, so that's what that's what they've suggested, and, and despite the incidents, you know, the details of the first incident still not having been made public, um, all council workers, as I say, have been warned against whistleblowing to the press in the future. Now, the council wants to encourage staff to raise concerns, however, it says contact with the press may compromise client confidentiality. Well, that's rubbish. But but le- let's let's just look at this because I've already mentioned the fact that um, this first case that we didn't initially know about. Mm. Um, that wasn't reported it wasn't reported even though two care agencies and the hospital as well as the transport service were aware Mm. so does that mean that you know there were people who were working there who thought well hold on they already knew about it but it didn't go any further than Mm. that so perhaps perhaps we need to do something different which i presume is why somebody came to us in the first place with the story about joan cook so perhaps they weren't happy i thought in the
2: light of everything that was happening with staffordshire the the health trust and all these things that the whistleblowing was was kind of being encouraged if someone spots something potentially dangerous in their work environment that that we're supposed to embrace them aren't we if they come out and say something and also it wouldn't it affect patient confidentiality if no names are mentioned
4: Yeah, well, you you would imagine that. However, you know, if you go to a shop, for example, and you're not happy with something, a service that's been given, you usually should go back to the shop and say, I'm not happy with that, let's let you put that right. Mm. However, um, with a local authority... What they're saying is, come to us and mm. make sure we can address it. But if you weren't then confident that they would address it properly, you would then go somewhere yes. else. But they're saying, come to us as a first come person. Come to powerful. us and
2: we'll sort it out and sh- yes. just keep the noise down a little bit. Tara, I think it's an incredible story. Thank you very much. I'll crack open the uh, egg and crest sandwiches a little bit later on, if that's all right. Thank you, Alfred uh, we- Margaret. Yes, thank you. Bring her in. 08459 nine four double five five. 5- oh, hang on a second. Stop everything. Hazel's in Welling. Good morning, Hazel. Good morning, about I was about to go to John Paul Young, love is in the air, and then I saw your name on my screen. What's wrong?
5: Um, When did you last grow watercress on a flannel or in an eggshell?
2: It would have been 1976. It would probably have been never, because you grow watercress in a river.
5: You can grow mustard and cress on a flannel or in an eggshell.
2: Hang on a minute, hang on a minute, Hazel. Let's not start off on a sour note. Are you trying to tell me there are different types of cress? Yes. Yeah. Watercress
5: has uh, large leaves. Yes. Mustard and cress is a little white stem with a tiny
2: little green top. Either way, Hazel, why would anybody go and buy cress? It doesn't taste very nice.
5: It does. Watercress tastes lovely. It's, it's peppery.
2: Can you grow it in an eggshell?
5: No. Okay. Is that really? You wouldn't get it in an eggshell. It's too big.
2: My um, possible—I'm not admitting this. My possible mistaking one cress for another—is that really got you so angry that you've decided to phone in at ten minutes past six on a Friday morning?
5: Yeah.
2: Thank you very much. But you
5: made yourself sound like
2: a wally. (laughs) Oh, bless you, Hazel. Thank you very much for correcting me. Okay. Although I think you're wrong. Thank you, Hazel. Well, there we go. That's what's got people angry, cress.
6: Love is in the air.
2: the cheese, look past the cheese, see through the kitsch, and that is one of the best songs ever written, isn't it? Of course it is. 6.15, you're listening to BBC Three Counties Radio, let's get the travel news now.
3: <laughs> travel news for beds, cards, and bugs.
7: BBC Three Counties Radio. Thanks Ian, good morning. Things looking clear on the main routes. no delays yet on the M25 and everything moving pretty well on the M40 through the roadwork section up at Junction 7 at Tame as well. No delays that I can see on the M1 cameras. A1M's a nice clear run past Stevenage at the minute, but it's unlikely to stay that way through the whole morning. If you are driving toward London, one issue already this morning in High Barnet. Alston Road has been closed. This is a burst water main between Puller Road and Wood Street. That means that one of the buses around there, the 384, has been put on a short diversion to avoid the problems. We've also got those roadworks in St Albans. They're going to be there for another week. Hatfield Road, the A1057, Water Main Work at the junction with Ashley Road and Beaumont Avenue, and a couple of sets of temporary traffic lights on the A355 in Beaconsfield for roadworks. First off, near the Burnham Road junction. Then, as you go further down near to Dorney Bottom, you'll find another set near to Hare Hatch Lane. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank
2: you, Adam. 6.16,
7: 6.16, it's Friday the 13th of September.
2: I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Luton Borough Council says its transport services for vulnerable adults and children is now much better. The Bank of England should limit the average increase in house prices to 5% a year. That's according to the Royal Institution of Chartered Surveyors. And in sport, Luton Town play Wrexham in the football conference tonight. Coming up... Our mission is to make libraries sexy. Well, we've uh, already got one caller. We've uh, given some homework to do, and we've sent Justin Dealey out to see what we can do to make libraries a little bit more attractive. Any suggestions? 08459 455 555.
8: BBC Three Counties Radio.
3: Nick
9: Coffer. Today, I'm stepping back in time to the golden age of steam. It's the Bedfordshire Steam and Country Fair at Old Warden Park near Biggleswade and I'll be there from midday. Nick Coffer. I'm going to be having fun on an old fairground ride, trying my hand at falconry, bringing you live music and learning all about the beautiful vintage steam engines.
8: Nick Coffer.
9: Live from the Bedfordshire Steam and Country Fair at Old Warden Park. Today from midday,
2: here on BBC Three Counties Radio. We don't do an album of the week here. It's a lazy, terrible, cliched idea. If we did, though, it would be me. Glenn Campbell, which is a wonderful album. Now, it's an album of cover versions by the the, uh, the, the country rock pioneer, and um, I've been trying to educate uh, Kelly Betts uh, into why Glen Campbell is so good. It's it's not been a resounding success, has it, Kelly Betts?
10: No, mainly uh, because Glenn Campbell wasn't so good. Still isn't. Harsh. Well, I mean, he's got he's had some good hits. Yep. He's had more than I've had, so I can't really say much, but his cover album okay. is a bit of okay. a waste of time. Well...
2: Uh, well, uh, producer Tara is um, back uh, after working a three-day week. Uh, it's nice to see you. I'd <laughs> forgotten what you look Hello. like. Hello. Uh, now, you have been, all week been expressing uh, uh, an interest for the uh, U2 song that he does on this album.
4: All I Want Is You, written by Adam Clayton.
2: Uh, is, well, is that the song?
4: Yeah,
2: that's it. OK, so you, you, should we play that today? <clears throat> oh.
4: That would be brilliant. But aren't you doing it picked by numbers? So I wouldn't necessarily know what number okay, the, what which two song is. is. Tara, seven. 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 Oh, okay.
2: Which number would you like, Kelly?
10: Can I have 8
2: we <laughs> <laughs> You're not having eight. We'll play number seven and we'll okay. see how this one goes. Lovely, thanks. You're very welcome.
11: You say You want your story to remain untold, but all the promises we made from the cradle to the grave when all A highway with no one on it. Treasure to look upon it. All the riches.
2: Glen Campbell all I want is you Uh, not not my favourite on the album if I'm honest but but producer Tara has been banging on about it all week so let's go to uh, the the voice of youth Kelly Betts Kelly Betts you're the voice of youth what did you make of that
10: if I could sum it up in a sound yeah it would be
2: okay okay and what's
10: worse is I had Tara singing it (laughs)
2: She was singing along, wasn't she? In a strange uh, country voice. Country voice, yeah. Uh, Let's go to the uh, voice of middle-aged Tara. Oh,
10: that's
4: charming.
2: Well, let's be honest. Hands up who's the oldest person out of the three of us?
4: Only slightly.
2: Thank you very much. What did you make of that? Well. Oh, deary me. For goodness sakes. How rude. Is you. Hey, Three Counties, we are on a mission here to sex up libraries. I love libraries, I just think they're a little bit old-fashioned. We need to do something. Are libraries becoming relics of another age? Well, we've heard about funding pressures threatening the future of some of Luton's libraries. Well, Justin Dealey has been finding out whether we need to make the local library a more attractive and compelling face, uh, place to visit. I, can, I can't imagine you've ever been to a library, Justin. Very harsh.
12: Um, I've been to a library, uh, probably about the last time I went was about a year ago, actually. Uh, OK, um, what, what was going on there? Was a hot girl working there or something? No hot girls. That was half the problem. That's why I left quite early. It wasn't particularly good. <laughs> You've been speaking to people about this, haven't you? I have indeed, yes. I went to uh, Hemel yesterday and um, the local library there. I stood outside the library and I've been asking people how they would make their local library sexy. Some fascinating answers. Here's what people had to say, Ian. Right, we've got three young lads here. What's your name? Stanley Hayden. George Bigelike. Reese Bellis. And how old are you? I'm 16. I'm 16. I'm 16. All 16 years old. Right, when was the last time you used that library over there? Oh, God. About two years ago, I think. I don't think I have used it. <laughs> Probably about nine years Okay, answer this question. How do we make libraries sexy? What's going to get you into that library? Oh, I don't know. Because
13: <laughs> b- 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 books be are boring, aren't they? Isn't they?
12: Yeah. So you're saying scrap the library full stop? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, okay, what about you? How are we going to sex up libraries? Oh, I don't think we can, mate, if I'm pretty honest. I think, uh, I don't know, get some pole dancers in there or something. Pole dancers, okay, and finally you? Well, I just literally think you should maybe give it a whole refurbishment and put more books in it. <laughs>
14: Um, longer opening time because there's someone standing outside there now and it doesn't open till two o'clock so he's gonna wait for a long time isn't he oh, yeah.
12: so longer opening times that'd be the first thing yes
14: yes you, you can make it more intellectual by all means but look you
12: cannot make a library sexy unless you want to go down the route of sexy and unfortunately a library doesn't come under that yeah. thing yeah, i like, see your point. you can't you can't well, you can't it. even make a noise in there can you no exactly so how can you make it sexy Here's Peter from Poland in Hemel. It's got a ring to it. Peter from Poland. Okay. Peter, very simply, make a library sexy for me. How are we going to sex them up? Uh, uh, sexy, uh, well library
15: for me it's very useful that's it that's not sexy though so, well, no maybe not but uh, i don't come it for a sex just only coming for our books or yeah. um, internet or so something. how do
12: we get more people in there how are we going to make it appealing to them you know like you know, like when you see a beautiful lady it appeals to you how are we going to make libraries sexy so people want to open that door and experience it is a very strange question to be honest uh, it's a relevant question Somebody said to me, what about having
15: better-looking librarians? Would that work? This, libra- this library is very useful, seriously. A lot of people using this one, this place.
12: I mean, to be serious for a second, if you were to lose
15: that library, you'd be very upset, would you? Oh, yes, because they have a lot of books. It, um, internet is available, so, you know, for me it is a very useful place. So it's sexy enough as it already is? Uh, yes, I think so. I'm not interested about the ladies inside.
2: OK, well, there's some uh, differences of opinion there. Thank you for that, Justin, up to your usual high standard. We can speak now to Colin in Dunstable, who's a listener to the show, and uh, we were speaking about libraries earlier in the week, weren't we, Colin? We certainly were, sir. Y- you are a big fan of libraries. Yeah. How often do you use your local one?
16: Um, it, it, it depends. Sometimes I go in there once a week, sometimes... Once a month or every couple of months.
2: They're they're an important resource, aren't they, to have?
16: They certainly are, yes.
2: Why why do you think they're so important?
16: Because of the amount of information that is there on all different subjects.
2: Books is knowledge, knowledge is power. Yeah, but it's
16: also community information and things like that.
2: Well, Colin, I set you some homework uh, a couple of days ago, and you have very bravely <laughs> taken up the uh, the challenge, and you've come back on the air. I asked you, how do we make libraries sexy?
16: I don't think you can.
2: Oh. Um, you've had 48 hours research, and that's what you've come back with?
16: No. Um, I mean, at Dunstable, there are all sorts of clubs for all sorts of ages... <laughs> um there's help with um the internet there's help with um job searching uh all sorts of things all sorts of little events go on for all sorts of ages we've got um lots of reading help um for families um there's a myriad of uh, of, of things going on. Do
2: you on. think that's part of the problem, Colin, is that people don't know just what's... Av- <laughs> well, Sorry? Excuse me. you Are you OK? Oh. Yep. Yeah. You think that people don't know what's available to them in libraries? They think yeah. it's just full of old men coughing.
16: Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, no. Um, <laughs> not old men coughing at all. Um, it, it really is. I mean, while I was in there... Um, Yesterday, about 4 or 5 o'clock, a couple of middle school children came in asking about facilities. Oh. Um, But there's a teenage section with a a dedicated teenage area um, where they've been doing a lot of... um, there's been a lot of help on, 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 um, some, yep. uh, entertainment.
2: Colin, we on. had, to, speaking of teenage and entertainment, we had a couple of young lads there, one of them suggested, um, get pole dancers in. Now, at first it sounds like a flippant, throwaway comment, but, but maybe libraries at lunchtime could, uh, or they could open a little bit later and have kind of adult-themed entertainment.
16: Um, I don't think that would
2: be too good. No, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't want to see, um, you know, a, a, a pole dancer writhing around the Jackie Collins. Well, I, I'm not through the biographies. I wouldn't, but um, I
16: don't think
2: it's going to happen somehow. Colin, listen, you've been a cracking sport. I really appreciate you uh, putting some thought into this and coming back on the air.
16: Thank you. Speak to you, speak
2: to you soon. Colin in doesn't think we can necessarily make them sexier. He thinks part of the problem is people don't know what's available to them in libraries. Well, that's, that's true. Lots goes on in libraries. It's not just books and uh, looking for jobs. I'm determined, though. I know we are missing a trick here. I just don't know what that trick is. How do we make
3: libraries sexier? Travel news for beds,
7: cards, and bugs.
8: BBC Three Counties Radio.
7: Looking a little slow on the M1 southbound from junction 14 to 13. That's Milton Keynes toward Bedford just having a look at the cameras. It is all on the move, just quite busy. Further down southbound, there's now a lane closed on the exit slip from the southbound M1 at junction 11. That's coming off for the A505 or the B579. Traffic seems to be coping well at the minute. Broken down vehicle on that exit slip road. It's not causing a major delay as yet this morning. Nice clear run on the A1M. No delays on the A1 into London yet. The M40 cameras showing it's a bit of a misty start around High Wycombe. So do take extra care around there, but no traffic problems that I can see. Everything looking all right on the M25 cameras. One issue, if you're driving into London, which is Hyde Barnet, a burst water main on Alston Road, means that it's closed off between Puller Road and Wood Street. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio.
2: Thank you, Adam. We'll speak to you in about 15
7: minutes. It's 6.31.
2: Let's get the news and sport now with Serena Farrow. Across beds, hearts and bugs.
8: This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: Good morning. Luton Borough Council says its transport services for vulnerable adults and children is now much better. Elsewhere, Surveyor's Group says the Bank of England should use its power to limit house price increases to 5% a year. That's in order to take the froth out of price booms. Here in Hertfordshire, police have made an appeal on Crime Watch about the robbery of a jeweller's in Watford. And the social media company Twitters confirmed it's planning to float on the stock market. It's thought the sale may raise about £6 billion. Hands. That's the news. Now let's move to sport.
3: Three Counties Sports,
0: BBC Three Counties Radio. Salutation so Town play Wrexham in the Football Conference tonight. Wrexham, defeated in last season's playoff final, have started poorly with just one win. But Hatters boss John still feels tonight's opposition will improve.
17: They're one of the clubs that uh, people would think w- would be a threat. Uh, whether they are or not, you know the season remains to be seen. But you, they, they, these are the best, these are great games. These, you know, I think when you get former football league clubs up against each other, they they're, they're, they're great games.
0: Moving on to Stevenage now. The manager there is preparing his side for the trip to Preston tomorrow, the club which sacked him last season. Graham Wesley then returned to Marriage Borough for a third time and because of that, isn't sure what sort of reception he'll get.
18: How can I predict that? You know, there'll be, I'm sure, people at at that football club who recognise the good work that I did. You'll get those that despise me because we lost some games when the squad was weak and tested and um, there'll be those that understand that I took on A lot of very big battles on behalf of the football club.
0: In the Championship, Watford return to action tomorrow as well. That's after the international break as they welcome Charlton. Meanwhile, MK Dons host Notts County. Wickham are at Plymouth. Elsewhere in rugby, Bedford begin their league campaign against London Welsh at Saracen Stadium. Now the head of Qatar's World Cup committee says there's no reason why the tournament should be taken away from them. Earlier this week FIFA president said it may have been a mistake to think it may have been staged in the summer months in Qatar because of the extreme heat. And finally in tennis Andy Murray says he doesn't have any concerns about playing on clay. That's despite suffering a back injury the last time he played on the surface. If you remember Murray hasn't completed on clay since pulling out of the roadmasters in May. An injury which forced him to miss the French Open as well. BBC Three Counties. Radio, more from me at seven. Across beds, hearts, and bucks.
2: This is Ian Lee.
8: BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning.
2: We'll talk superstitions in a bit. It's Friday the 13th, always a bit. Sp- I'm not, I don't buy into Friday the 13th, although kind of a little bit of me does, but generally I don't. But despite being a, a, a rational, uh, atheist, scientific thinking person, I still have. Some ridiculous superstitions that I have to adhere to. I'll tell you what they are in a bit. You can give me a call and let me know yours. 08459 455 555. But before that, sexy libraries. I don't mean, I mean, how do we sex them up a bit and make them more attractive? We heard uh, Justin speaking to some 16 year old lads who, one of them said he'd never been in a library because, quotes, books are boring. Wow. What do we do to make libraries more attractive? Jason's in Luton. Good morning, Jason. Morning, you right? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. How do we make libraries uh, more attractive, Jason? Uh, I don't know, I mean, basically, what I
19: would turn around say is, like, if you themed each section of the libraries, like, for example, if you go into get a, a book on science fiction or something like that, then you're in, you know, there's an area where you're in some, like, very retro-type furniture where you can kind of get a feel for the book that you're reading. If you go into a romantic Nils and Boone section, you've got, like, lavender incense... Um, being, being, um, you know... Being burned, yeah. I, burned, I, I like burned,
2: what you mean, so you got... Each section, you kind of get the atmosphere. Yeah,
19: so your Harry Potter section, you'll have, like, knights and dragons on the wall and all of that sort of stuff for your mythological type bits. I'm a, I'm a big
2: fan of biographies, Jason. I like to read biographies. Well, how would you
19: theme that? <laughs> biographies? I'm not too sure. You might have a couple of, um, like, you know, well-known well, well, well known, um, authors on the wall and, and things like I'm not too sure, but, um, you know, it's, it's at the moment, you know, the only. I, I take my kids to the um, library, like, probably once every two weeks or yeah. so. And, um, you know, in the kids' section, they've got, like, little nice colored furniture, and the yeah. kids really enjoy it. We'll go in there, we'll, we'll read a book together, and then we'll take some home, and, and that. But in the adult section, it's kind of, like,
2: very plain and dreary. It's Everything so boring in the adult section. Say, yeah. Jason, well, well, listen, we'll let you go, because the line's not great, but that's a cracking point he makes. I'll buy. You theme each section. There's a Harry Potter section. Uh, so the, the romantic books, the Mills and Boons. It'll be. Um, you'll get the smell of lavender, something nice like that. Um, I don't know what you'd have in the Jackie Collins. I don't know. Maybe a. I don't know. Maybe some leather. I don't know. I've never read a Jackie Collins. I'm assuming that's what it's about. Science fiction section. It'll all be. Um, you know, a bit, bit. It'd be like walking onto the, the deck of the Star Trek Enterprise, Starship Enterprise. Uh, Anne says, Has Ian not noticed that the age range, he says, is Missing From Libraries is the one that has to go out to work or is online in the library to look for work and doesn't have the luxury of time to be able to read books? I'll stop you there, Anne. Everybody, everybody has the luxury of time to read a book. Everybody. Libraries are failing because most of their former clientele, young mums, students and pensioners, are all now being encouraged to go to work. Anne, come on now, Please. That's not happened yet. Well, they're being encouraged to go to work. Well, of course, they should try and go to work if they're able to. But I don't think that's why libraries are empty. There's something missing from libraries. What is it? How do we make them hot? 08459 455 555. Someone's texted asking for a shout out. It's never going to happen. Isn't Professor Green? They're different people, are they? They are different people. Okay, right. Confuses me. And Plan B's a girl. Okay, no, it's a boy. Okay, Well, we'll get there in the end. Now it's hoped that after 20 years of campaigning a, rail, uh, campaigning, a rail link between Bedford and Cambridge will finally be reopened. Dr Beach enclosed the old Varsity line in the 60s, but after it was announced that the Oxford to Bedford line is coming back, campaigners say it's helped their cause to link the final bit. Well, the idea has even been welcomed by Bedfordshire Chamber of Commerce. But will it actually happen? Patrick O'Sullivan is a consultant for the East uh, West Rail Consortium. Morning, Patrick. Is this going to happen
20: Um, Well, intuitively, I think it will eventually. I mean, a few years ago, when we were developing the uh, first part of the reopening of the Varsity Line between Oxford and Bedford, many people were very sceptical and said it would never happen. But because we've been very successful in getting that funded and work is now underway to reopen that part of the railway, it's rather given us some encouragement to think that we can actually um, get it now all the way through to Cambridge. So the the, the, uh,
2: Oxford to Bedford link, how significant is that in your cause?
20: Well, it's, it's absolutely essential. I mean, without that, but there's actually very little point in reopening the railway between Bedford and Cambridge. Um, so, yeah, it's absolutely um, vital.
2: Why are you so passionate about the Bedford to Cambridge uh, rail line? W- 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 why is it uh, so significant?
20: Well, I, I mean, I suppose there's a certain amount of nostalgia, isn't there, in, in reopening old railway lines, and the, the, the fact that the Varsity line was, was called the Varsity line has a little bit of nostalgia. But actually, my job is to look at it... Um, in a non-nostalgic way, because, you know, there's an awful lot of campaigning going on to get the railway reopened, but campaigns in themselves do not get railways reopened. You actually have to make an economic case for that, and that is what my job is, and that is what um, we're about to... um, engage some, consu- some more consultants on, on actually looking at what is the case for reopening the railway. So
2: it isn't just a, a group of rail enthusiasts who want a, 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 an historic piece of line reopened. There is sound economic sense behind it.
20: Well, we believe there is. Um, we've done quite a bit of work already, but we've, we've actually never been able to um, decide which route option to go for, because, because the railway's been dismantled, there are actually a number of routes ah. available to actually um, get from Bedford to Cambridge. And we've never actually been able to agree amongst ourselves which is the best option. So Uh. now the work that we're about to start is to actually look at the whole economic activity that's going on in in East Anglia, if you like, and just see where are the points of growth and how can transport help the area to grow. And and, and from that will emerge um, a a priority of, of, of links, whether we join Bedford straight to Cambridge or do we go from Bedford to Sandy and then the next phase would be... Sandy to Cambridge, and various variations on the theme, so it's, it's important to, to have the support from, from rail enthusiasts, but at the end of the day, we, we, we our job is to, let's say, make an economic case for it. What will the benefits of reopening the Line be?
2: How much will it cost, Patrick?
20: It will be expensive, I have to say, because it's going to be a brand new railway, unlike the Oxford to Bedford, which is making use of uh, reinstating railway that was already there, um, this is going to be a brand new railway across virgin territory, so we're probably looking at something approaching eight hundred to, a, a, to to nearly a, probably a billion pounds i 'm afraid, so the benefits have to be very very high in order to mitigate that cost
2: Wowzers a billion pounds i suppose compared to what's uh, potentially going to be spent on h s two it's it's chicken feed isn't it yep. really so it
20: is yes who decides
2: what what what, what happens now
20: well once we 've Um, completed our work towards the end of this year in in, in terms of looking at the the economic case for it we're then going to be working with network rail to actually draw up detailed plans on on the actual alignment and the cost and then do a very much more detailed business case for that and then we would then submit that to the Department for transport with a view to getting it funded within that, you know, the, the Department of Transport run their, their programs in five-year cycles, so the cycle that we we'll would be looking for would be from 2019 uh, to 2024. Um, so we're looking, at, you know, next, over the next um, five, six, seven, eight years, getting the scheme funded and hopefully just follow straight on from uh, the completion of the Oxford to, to Bedford Railway.
2: Patrick, I uh, appreciate your time this morning. Thank you very much. Um, well, let's let's speak in 2019, if not before. That's uh, Patrick O'Sullivan, who is a consultant for the East-West Rail Consortium. It's coming up to a quarter to seven. I'm Ian Lee. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, let's get the latest travel news now with Adam. <laughs> Travel news for
7: beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Things still looking a little misty on the M40 round High Wycombe on the cameras, but traffic levels quite light. As you make your way into London, the M40 is running well this morning. A1M is looking good on the cameras, but the M1 busy in a few spots. Southbound, there's a lane closed on the exit slip road at Junction 11 for the A505 and the B579. This is a broken down vehicle on that exit slip road. Traffic does seem to be getting past it without too much trouble, but it's looking slow nonetheless. And indeed the main carriageway is looking quite busy as you continue down toward London past Junction 10 and 9 off toward Hemel Hempstead. It's looking a wee bit busy further back as well, Junction 14 to 13, Milton Keynes to Bedford, though can't see that there's been an accident or an incident on the camera around there i think it's just general traffic we're doing all right on the m25 through the roadworks section one issue if you're driving into london it's alston road in high barnet which is closed because of a burst water main adam Glynn, bbc three counties radio
2: thank you adam 6.46 exactly It is uh, Friday the 13th of September I'm Ian Lee These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio After an elderly patient with dementia Was left on a transport bus in Luton overnight The council says it's now improved that service A surveyors' group says the Bank of England should use its powers to limit house price increases to 5% a year to prevent another housing bubble. In sport, Luton Town play Wrexham in the football conference tonight. Coming up, Friday the 13th, are you superstitious? I'm a rational, scientific person. And yet, and yet... I've still got odd superstitions that I have to abide by. 08 455 555. We'll talk about that and more. But first, let's get the weather with Elizabeth Rizzini.
8: Beds, hearts and bucks weather.
3: BBC Three Counties Radio.
21: Morning to you. Well, it's certainly going to be a bit of a blast of autumn over the weekend. It's going to turn a bit chillier and there'll be lots of wet and windy weather around at times. For today, a very mild, muggy start to the day, feeling really rather damp through the morning. We've got some hill fog, lots of low cloud, and we could see some further outbreaks of drizzle through this morning as well into the afternoon, perhaps. Temperatures this afternoon up to 18, maybe even 19 degrees Celsius, 66 in Fahrenheit in Aylesbury and Luton and in Stevenage, St Albans, uh, 18 degrees Celsius here. Uh, we might just see something a bit brighter later on this afternoon before uh, we get some heavy rain through this evening. And that's going to edge in from the west, so into parts of Buckinghamshire by later on this evening's rush hour. So it could cause some problems through the rush hour. It'll turn heavy, persistent overnight and stick around annoyingly into Saturday morning as well. Lows tonight, 12 or 13 degrees Celsius underneath all of the rain. And then tomorrow, it's going to take some time for all of that rain to clear its way eastward. So, a very wet start to the weekend. uh, A drier, brighter afternoon leading to a chilly night on Saturday into Sunday. Sunday, an all right start to the day, dry and bright through the morning. First part of the afternoon, it will gradually turn windier and eventually some outbreaks of rain through the afternoon. That's the forecast.
2: Thank you, Elizabeth. Mmm, if only there was something on TV to watch with Ronnie in This
22: week on EastEnders
12: Have you forgotten what she did to us? Has she ripped the heart from our family?
22: She's done her time, so will they forgive? She's not some sort of monster, you haven't got to be
10: scared of her
22: And can they forget?
0: She was his mum for three and a half months A hundred
10: and six days if you count in. because I was Ronnie's back Close your eyes long enough and the problem just disappears Well, not this problem
22: EastEnders, every night this week continues tonight at 8 on BBC One and BBC One HD
2: Well I'll certainly be setting the video for that Now BBC Introducing is a show on Three Counties Radio that supports the unsigned and upcoming musicians from Beds, Hearts and Bucks The Introducing team here send the music up to be played, up to be played on national stations like Radio 1, Radio 2 and 6 Music, we send it up to be played Uh, So if you, you're in a band or your kids are in a band or your grandchildren are in a band and you think, well you know what, they're not bad get them to uh, upload their best songs to bbc.co.uk introducing they could become the uh, BBC introducing track of the week and get played on uh, BBC Three Counties radio now this uh, uh, song by Amber, Five Guys from Buckinghamshire I believe is being played on Radio 1 this week as well, wow that's proper radio, you see let's have a listen, Uh, this is Amber and their track called Noah
11: My
13: name is Noah and the sea is my home Oh, and this small wooden boat will be my throne I'm proud of what I've built and the things that I've done Oh, and all of the people I've learned to love We're singing To my eyes it's eye oh and even my presence is a warning sign that wherever you go and whatever you Why don't we light afar and leave the rest behind? Cause life's for living right.
2: Is it? That's not half bad at all. That's Amber, they're from Buckinghamshire. Their track's called Noah. It's been played on BBC Three Counties all week. It's also been played on BBC Radio One. Mike Reed is playing it on his show, so that's got to be good. That's got to be good, hasn't it? Uh, you can listen to uh, BBC Introducing on uh, this station every Saturday evening from 8 o'clock. Now, it's Friday the 13th. Are you scared? Does it make you a little bit anxious?
12: Well, some people take this, this very, very seriously indeed. Justin, are you superstitious at all? Um, sometimes, yes. I mean, today, obviously, I know about the data. I'm a little bit cautious, but on the whole, Ian, I don't really take Friday the 13th particularly seriously, put it that way. You've been talking to people uh, this morning. Are the, are the listeners to this show uh, a superstitious bunch? Well, I've been out this morning, very, very early, asking people if they it's are job. scared, I know, if they're scared, and uh, here's what people had to say. Are you boys all right today? We are, yeah. Fine, yeah. You sure? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's Friday the 13th. <laughs> yeah, so what? <laughs> Just another day. Do you care? No. Any superstitions that you do believe in? Walking under a ladder. So if you did do that, would you then be in fear of what might happen next? For about an hour. <laughs> <laughs> and what about yourself?
23: No, 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 none at all. You don't
12: believe in anything like no, that at no, all? No, none so at all. So if you two were walking down the street then and there was a ladder, you wouldn't walk under it, but you definitely would walk yeah. under that ladder? Yeah, yeah, Definitely. You're a hard man, aren't you? <laughs> not really, no. <laughs> Sandra, today, you look quite happy, but deep down you must be quite scared. Uh, yeah, because you've stuck a microphone in my face, yeah. But, but today, I mean, it's, it's quite significant. Friday the 13th. Exactly.
7: I'm not superstitious.
12: Not in the slightest? Not in the slightest. So you quite happily stand here on the streets of Bedfordshire and you'd smash your mirror, would you? Yes. Do you quite happily walk under a ladder? Yes. You don't care, do you? No. Do you think people who care about today are nutters? Yes. <laughs>
2: Justin, I've just had an idea. I've just had what? an idea. We're going to tempt fate. Could you just somehow get hold of
12: a small hand mirror? Uh, <laughs> just voice. a small little one. Oh, yes. And can you find someone to stamp on it and crack it? Uh, yes, as long as it's somebody else and not me. I did it once, and for the next year or so, everything I did, I thought, you know what? It's down to that mirror. Uh, something's gone wrong here because I smashed a mirror. But if it's somebody else, that's fine by me. Get a small hand mirror. I'll give you the yep. money for it, so get it.
2: And we'll talk later on, because I know you are. You, you, you are a little bit superstitious. We'll talk about your yeah. um, Harry Krishna elephant later. Yep, no problem. Justin, thank you very much indeed. Let's, get, let's see if we can find someone who's brave enough to smash a mirror. Uh, let's talk to Alec Gill now, who's an expert in folk history and superstitions. Alec, what is it about Friday the 13th? Why is it so significant to us?
14: Well, um, it's a good one, and it's got lots of history. Because how it began, Ian, was um, there were two separate strands, two elements. There were loads of taboos written about uh, Friday, and then there were load of separate taboos about the number 13. Mm. And then, I think, I haven't found the source... But in about 1913, some journalist, somebody in the media like yourself, brought the two together oh. and thought, "Oh well, oh. you know, it's a double whammy sort of thing." Oh, is it that? Is it that
2: recent then? I thought well, it would go no, back no, centuries—the no. Friday it's and the thirteenth together.
14: Separately, the do. Right. Yeah, and um, so there's, lo- yeah, there's lots of history. And uh, you see, the thing is, the reason I believe there's not got this negative connotations is because we live in a Christian society, and uh, for two thousand odd years. And um but whereas a lot of these ancient beliefs predate Christianity, to right. so our pagan past, to so our rural workers, and uh, all the rest of it. See, I can go into it if you wish.
2: Well, we 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 we're running out of time slightly, and <laughs> I want to I want to ask you about a few more things. If I can, okay. the smashing of the mirrors. Where does that originate?
14: Well, I mean that's a seven years bad luck. Yeah. And in the olden times, it was believed that our body renewed itself every seven years. So that the, so then the. The, uh, the look would have worn off by then. Interesting what your uh, correspondence, you know, your chap said about the uh, feeling bad for a year. Mm. But the mirror, you see, when you peer into a mirror, you're seeing your reverse image. And yeah. you're reflecting on things. And you're not seeing the true image. Mm. Everything's left is right and vice versa. And so, this is, I mean, it's a magical, there's mirror magic, you see. Mm. And gazing, in, uh, gazing into the crystal ball and uh, looking into the
2: glass. I, I am a very scientific, rational person, Alec, but uh-huh. I will not put new shoes on a table, no. and I salute a magpie <laughs> and say, hello, Mr Magpie, how are your wife and children? Where does the magpie thing come from? Because I know loads of people who do that.
14: They do, they do. And I saw two the other day. I was cycling. Through, uh, one for somewhere.
2: sorrow, two for joy.
22: Yeah,
14: two for joy. So I, I, was, I felt good about that. But some people in some parts of the country see one magpie for sorrow. and the spit you know the salute it you know in our respect but within I've got a whole chapter in my my new ebook uh, on the topic um, about uh, the birds are winged messengers and going back to Roman times uh, there were seen as auguries you know you had a whole professional belief system around birds because birds their behavior they're like cats are unpredictable yeah and um, and it's because of this um, uncertainty and randomness I like throwing dice, mm. we we invest a lot of um, divination into it, and because they can fly. ...up to the heavens or whatever, you know, we feel they're messen- winged messengers of the gods.
2: Alec, listen, we are out of time. Give your oh. book a quick plug. What, what, what's it called and how can people get it?
14: Well, it, it's, it's based on my research about Hull's fishing community, uh, but it's called Superstitions by Alec Gill, and it's on eBooks.
2: Alec, listen, yeah. we'll get you on uh, at a later date to have a longer chat, because I find all of this stuff fascinating. I will not put new shoes on a table. It's going to bring death into the house, and I always salute the magpie. What do you do? I know you're a rational bunch listening to this. What are your superstitions? I won't laugh at any of them. Well, maybe a couple. 08459 455 555. Travel
3: news for beds, hearts and bugs.
7: BBC Three Counties Radio. It's quite busy on the M1, it's not too bad, but it's definitely slow in patches as you make your way from Milton Keynes toward Bedford Junction 14-13, to then from Junction 10 at Luton and the Airport Spur, all the way down as far as Hamel Hempstead. There's a problem on the southbound exit slip as well at Junction 11, the A505. A broken down vehicle means there's one lane closed on that exit slip road. Traffic seems to be getting past without too much trouble. If you're driving into London through High Barnet, Alston Road is closed because of a burst water main near Wood Street. Things looking pretty good on the trains and the tubes, though, no late runners, no major problems or delays. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio.
2: Thank you, Adam. So, one elderly patient... Left on a bus overnight. Oh, no, 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 that, that, that won't happen again. We've got, everything's fine. Well, is it? Is it really? We'll find out more after the news.
8: Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks.
3: This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: Serena Farrow, the headlines Vulnerable people improve their service in Luton Opening of an old rail link in Bedford And why watercress may be poisonous BBC Three Counties Radio Now after an elderly patient with dementia was left on a transport bus in Luton overnight The council says it's now improved that service There have been a number of incidents Including a 16-year-old getting knocked down after leaving a vehicle Tony Fisher has more
23: the council was forced to examine its safety procedures after the woman was left on the bus but a review says a serious unreported incident had already happened. In both cases disciplinary action was taken and the driver who left the woman on the bus lost her job. The council says drivers now have to check every seat is empty at the end of their shift by physically clicking each seatbelt into place and despite the details of the first incident still not being made public all council workers have been warned against whistleblowing to the press in the Future.
0: We'll stay listening as Dr John Beer from Action on Elder Abuse will be outlining how the councils improve their services to Ian Lee straight after this bulletin here on BBC Three Counties Radio. The NHS Complaints Watchdog is concerned about failures to recognise and treat sepsis. The Health Service Ombudsman has called for new guidelines to help doctors, nurses and ambulance staff recognise the condition. It's thought to cause 37,000 deaths in the UK every year. Well, Dame Julie Mellor says patients with sepsis can be in greater danger
1: than they appear. The seriousness of a patient's condition isn't recognised. And actually, sepsis is really difficult to diagnose. People can look well compared to other people that come into accident and emergency, for example. And so it's critical that the early warning signs are seen and acted upon. It's hoped a rail link between Bedford and Cambridge will
0: finally be reopened after 20 years of campaigning. Rail Futures published a report setting out a number of options for a new line. Patrick O'Sullivan, a consultant for the East-West Rail Consortium, says there's an inkling of nostalgia in reopening it.
20: The varsity line was was called the varsity line. There's an awful lot of campaigning going on to get the railway reopened, but campaigns in themselves do not get railways reopened. You actually have to make an economic case for that, and that is what my job is, and that is what we're about to um, engage some some more consultants on on actually looking at what is the case for reopening the railway.
0: Now, not to worry people who've recently bought watercress, but you may want to take it back as Sainsbury's is recalling all of its bagged watercress and salads containing it. They're worried it might give people food poisoning. An investigation's taking place into a possible link with an outbreak of E. coli, which has made 18 people ill. And the social media company Twitter's confirmed it's planning to float on the stock market. It's thought the sale may raise about £6 billion. Finally in sport, Luton Town play Wrexham tonight in the football conference. And Let's have a look at the weather. Pretty cloudy out there. We're going to see plenty of rain, but brighter come the afternoon. Temperatures reaching 19 degrees Celsius. Get the latest news and sports online at bbc.co.uk slash threecounties.
2: Good morning. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. It's three minutes past seven. It's the weekend. I'm quite excited tonight. Guess, guess what house I'm going into? I'm going into the Big Brother house. I'm not entering as a contestant. I'm going in after they've all cleared up. I'm quite excited about that. I've never been inside the house. I've been behind the the, the glass where the cameras are, but never inside the house. Part of me has got a little bit. Uh, ooh. Lots coming up on the show this morning, including... Do you remember I told you a while ago about the case of the elderly dementia patient who was left overnight on a patient transport bus in Luton? Well, it was a one-off, wasn't it? Everything is fine. Wrong. Wrong. We've got details on that shocking story. Hey, Rail fans. Huh? Got some exciting potential news for you. And it's Friday the 13th. Now, I know you are a sensible bunch, but I bet you've got superstitions. I have. I won't put new shoes on the table. And I always salute a magpie. Hello, Mr Magpie. How are your wife and children? What do you do that is completely irrational, but you feel compelled to do it? Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can send me a text, 81333, start your text 3CR, or you can give me a phone call, 08459 455 555.
8: Across beds,
2: hearts and bucks.
3: This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Lots of phone
2: calls this week. I like it. I like it when you call in. It's it's more fun, I think. And it's it's better to have a little discussion, possibly an argument, but an, a, a, a friendly one, a friendly one. It's better doing it on the phone than it is over Facebook or or, or emails, I think. So 08459 455 555. Now, last year, an elderly dementia patient was left overnight on a patient transport bus in Luton. An incredible story that we featured on the show. 88-year-old Joan Cook spent 14 hours trapped on the bus. The driver, Susan McLaughlin, was cleared of neglect at Luton Crown Court. Well, it's emerged this wasn't the only serious case like this. And last night, the council discussed whether its procedures for dealing with this sort of thing are now robust enough. I'm joined by Dr John Beer from Action on Elder Abuse. Good morning, John. morning, Ian. The case of Joan Cook was was pretty shocking. An 88-year-old woman left on a bus overnight for 14 hours.
24: Absolutely. I mean, I think the words you used earlier, incredible. You can't think how this could possibly happen. And we're not talking about a 50, 60-seater bus here. We're talking about a relatively small bus. Surely the driver's ultimate job is just to check that the bus is empty when they finish and how the driver could miss this. And as you said, this is not the first time it had happened.
2: Uh, I, I, and I'm still left scratching my head as how to, you, you, you get off a bus and you don't see there's an old lady there. They've introduced new measures where the, the driver has to check every seat by clicking each seatbelt. Well, that seems ridiculous as well. Surely you just walk up and down the bus looking at all the seats, maybe looking underneath the seats just to make sure no one slipped down. That's all you need to do, isn't it?
24: Well, you would have thought so, wouldn't you? You would have thought the final thing that you do is, is to do that. I mean, they, they have a list of addresses. They have to take people to certain places. It's not like, you know, they get to the bus stop and everybody gets off. It's their duty is to see people into their own homes uh, and to make sure they're safe. So it's, it's not just I didn't see the person there. It's I didn't do my job at all. And that's why it seems so bad.
2: What we didn't know, despite the council saying this was an isolated incident at the time, was there had been another unreported case before that of Joan Cook.
24: Indeed and, and that is the problem about when these things are hushed up no proper action is taken at the time. If we were taking the care of older people seriously and I don't think we do Then the first time it happened, there would have been a proper investigation. People would have said, "How could this be?" and something would have been done. I I, I agree with you. Clicking the seatbelt seems to be ludicrous. I mean, it's about saying to the driver and training the drivers: your job is to see that everybody gets into their own home, and you don't go home until that—that's what you've done.
2: The thing that concerns me slightly about this, one of the many things that concerns me, is the council is now warning its staff. Uh, about whistleblowing to the press, basically saying, don't do it. But if the staff don't whistleblow, then we might not hear about some of these stories and they might go completely unreported
24: exactly that. I mean, I think everybody has a duty to whistleblow. I mean, if this was children, can you imagine? I mean, this is the problem, I think. If this was children uh, and an employer was saying, look, you know, if a child gets hurt or neglected or badly treated in some way, we don't want you to tell anybody in case it looks bad. I mean, that wouldn't be acceptable with children, would it? But with older people, we bend the we bend our attitude, oh, they're not quite so important, they're not so vulnerable. If this had been a child, you know, this would have been national, wouldn't it? You know?
2: Well, I think you're right, and I think you, you, you could be right on this, that it, it's a case of uh, um, the elderly people, oh, it's, it's just an old woman, it, 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 it's not quite so important, when it is an absolutely shocking uh, story. Yeah. Uh, are you in the family of Joan Cook, uh, the woman involved, say they're now satisfied? Are, are you happy with everything? Do you think that, that the council have, have done enough?
24: I, I think the council have taken it very seriously now and, and uh, uh, weird action on elder abuse wouldn't have a problem about that I mean, what we're trying to do is to get to the issue about the abuse of older people regarded as importantly as that of children. There's 500,000 uh, incidents of abuse of older people each year that we reckon we know about and there will be more but when you think about that, there's a heck of a lot that's unreported, that's unknown about, people who think they can get away with it, lack of care, and, and terrible things happen to older people. Um, and we've got to get... I, I mean, I'm very impressed the way Three Counties Radio take these issues be- seriously, because we've got to get it into the public domain.
2: Well, listen, I, I don't have grandparents anymore, but we've all had grandparents, we all know elderly people, and I do think that, that someone... Needs to do something to to stand up for them. And when things like this happen, and an 88 year old woman being left on a bus for 14 hours overnight, I just think it's absolutely hideous. And I I, I cannot even begin to imagine how something like that could happen. Uh, John, it's very nice to talk to you. I appreciate your time this morning uh, for coming on. So thank you very much uh, for that. 08459 455 555. Call
8: 08459
3: 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, you can give us a
2: call. 08459 four double five five double five is the telephone number. We're having a little bit of uh, technical magic. Maybe, Kelly uh, so I should be doing this off-air, but I can't. Uh, maybe we could just close that Radio Man and just see if this one perks up again, and if it doesn't. Oh, it's exciting. The computers have gone funny. I know, I know. Who'd have thunk it? But I have two computers in this studio, and both of them, at the same time, decided to pack in, uh, pack up. Pack up on me? Pick Pack in on me. Pack up on me. That's the saying, isn't it? Uh, and w- without the computers, I'm just a gibbering wreck. I cannot speak or think without computer. I need computer. On the subject of making libraries sexy, it's Stephen. Stephen, I cannot function without computer. Oh, my God, Ian. What are you going to do? I need computer, Stephen. Without computer, I cannot do show. I do see, not this have. this is the thing. If you hadn't got rid of your nice smartphone, you'd have been all right because you'd have had one there. You're right. You're absolutely right, you see. Oh, Kelly Betts, <laughs> have you fixed computer? Yes. Ah, oh, you see, she's a young Hurrah. person. They're, they're born instinctively knowing how to fix computer. Anyway, Stephen, uh, libraries, how do we make them sexier?
19: I would think I could fill up every library in the country next week easy. Really? All Go on. All you have to do, yes, all you have to do is get all the One Direction, tell them they're going to release a new new book only available in the library for the first two weeks that would get them all full up and hopefully while they're in there they may see the joys of a library because i have no doubt there are loads and loads of people who have never set foot in the library mm. well justin
2: justin spoke to some 16 year old lads earlier on one of them said he'd never been in the library what you've said there
19: that is actually a pretty good idea you mean you, you don't have to do either one direction you can get people like I mean, I'm sure that all the main authors will be quite happy to go along with this because they'll be passionate about books, they'll be passionate about libraries, and, you know, if it's just the first two weeks, they'll all go in, because everybody will go in there, and uh, hopefully while they're in the library, he's have never been in before, I will go, whoo this is quite nice in because oh I can look at that look at this and look at everything
2: else that's not a bad idea and also to make it easy I think there are five members of One Direction I'm not too hot on the boy band oh, okay. no okay. but, but it, all five of them go to different libraries throughout the country they do a little tour of libraries for the, the month of October we call it National Library Month uh, and you're right, they release, they release a book You can only get it in libraries uh, in October And there's a chance you might see One of the One Direction boys there as well <laughs> Wallop, suddenly you've got Five million screaming teenage girls In libraries
19: That's a jolly good idea, I wish I'd have thought of that
2: <laughs> Stephen, you, one day you will But I'm, I'm claiming ownership of that It's good Stephen, that's one way of doing it It certainly um, uh, Knocks my um, uh, Let's open a little uh, coffee stall Into a cocked hat, doesn't it? I'm serious about this. I know it sounds like my tongue is in my cheek. It's not. I'm serious about this. I love libraries. I'm very passionate about libraries. And I'm very passionate about how we um, get younger people into libraries. Now, my boys, hopefully will uh, always go into libraries because I, i've started taking them since they were well before they were toddlers and we go in there a lot um and since we moved our new one's not quite as good as the one we used to uh, live nearby but they will be brought up in the culture of going to the library and, and reading and getting books out and getting dvds out and, and using it stephen's idea there we get one direction to release a library available only book and pop up in a few libraries fantastic and we'll still have the little coffee stall in the corner for the mums and dads. Yes? Yes? I need my latte. 08459 455555 uh, on the subject of uh, Friday the 13th. You spooked out by it? Probably not. There'll be one or two of you that are spooked out by it a little bit. But uh, I... I- let's broaden this slightly your superstitions now i am despite being a very rational very scientific person or you won't catch me putting new shoes on the table that was drummed into me by my mum it's bringing death into the house there's a there's a jolly start to the morning isn't it also i won't um uh, well i won't walk under ladders but that superstition comes from a practical point of view it's not based on the bible or paganism or anything that's so you don't get paint dropped on you Jason says, I can say Friday the 13th is uh, a bad luck day, as I, go- oh dear. I got married to my first wife on Friday the 13th. She was a bit of a Norman Bates. So when Friday the 13th comes along, I don't talk to any women that day. Oh, I'm a happy divorced man now. Happy Friday the 13th to all of you. And Warren says, bring it on. I don't have any superstitions. I'll walk under a ladder anywhere, anytime, any place." Well, we've sent Justin Dealey out to buy a hand mirror and to see if we can find one brave listener who will stamp onto that hand mirror and smash it. We're we going to find anybody? 08459 455 555. It's BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel news now. Here's Adam Glynn. Travel
7: news for beds, hearts, and bugs.
8: BBC Three Counties Radio.
7: Thanks, Ian. We're not doing too badly at all so far today. Everything moving nicely on the M25, even in the roadworks section. One problem on the M1 southbound. You've got a lane closed on the exit slip at junction 11 for the A505 and the B579. I'm just looking at the camera there right now. It looks like it might be a broken-down lorry at the end of the exit slip road. Traffic seems to be coping pretty well getting past it up to all the traffic lights and the roundabout at the junction. We've got no other problems down the M1 other than general traffic build-up, and it is all at least moving on that southbound, London-bound side. Northbound looking completely clear for the minute. M40 running well as well. Into London, you've got a burst water main in High Barnet. It means that the Alston Road is closed near the junction with Woodstock. Trains and tubes, they're running well. No delays on the departure boards. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Adam. 7.16,
2: 7.16, it's Friday the 13th of September. I'm Ian Lee and these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A 19-year-old has been found dead in Luton's Hastings Street. Elsewhere in Luton, patients are now getting a better transport service. That's according to the council. It comes after an elderly woman with dementia was left on a bus overnight. In sport, the head of Qatar's World Cup committee says there's no reason why the tournament should be taken away from them. Oh, yeah? Apart from the fact that football players will be playing in 15 50 degree heat? No, no reason. Earlier this week, FI- uh, FIFA president Sepp Blatter said it might be too hot there. 08459 oh, five, 455 double, 555. Double, what do we do to make libraries sexy?
8: BBC Three Counties Radio. Every weekday morning from 9. The biggest local talking points.
19: There is only one professional force that can control chemical weapons. How can we, as a civilised country, stand
9: by and let more poor innocent children get killed? The JBS Show. Harry's in Bedford. Let's see what Harry wants to say. She knew
25: what the laws were. She knew what she was doing. She
3: got caught tough. I disagree with the penalty. I think that for smuggling drugs, it shouldn't be a death penalty.
8: The JBS Show. Weekdays from 9. BBC Three
2: Counties Radio. Should we have a quick look at the front pages of some of the newspapers? I say some of the newspapers because all of the newspapers. No, hang on. Some of the. Not all of the newspapers have been delivered. That's the sentence that makes uh, correct sense in English, isn't it? Yes. Not all. I've no son. Doesn't look like I need the son, though. If you look at the front page of The Guardian, Claudia Cardinale. I don't know who this woman is, but boy, she's um, not shy. Claudia Cardinale has made 135 films. I don't know who she is, but let's just say she's a little bit busty. Okay, the front page of The Guardian. Vula up for the uh, Mercury. Is this today's Guardian? I feel I've seen this front page. This is Thursdays. Oh, dear, let's get... It's gone. The front page of today's Guardian. That's better. Friday the 13th. Maybe there's something in it two of the computers are down one is still not working slightly a little bit my mouse doesn't work on uh, what i like to call radio man so i can drag nothing up and down not all of the papers have been delivered there are two mysterious uh trucks parked in our uh, car park that i'm scared are going to hit my car maybe things are a little bit dodgy the front page of the guardian Strikes ahead as ministers sell royal mail. Postal chaos fears as privatisation, not even Thatcher dared do, gets green light. And there's a picture of a man who's in a hot air balloon, but it's not a hot air balloon. It's 370 helium balloons. Isn't there a shortage of helium? And yet Jonathan Trapp is... I nearly said something rude then. Um, ...is messing around with our remaining supplies of helium. Leave it, Trap. And then there's Sting as well. Sting. Sting. Do we need Sting in the world? I don't think we do. I don't think we do. The Independent. Bank of England is urged to intervene on house price bubble. And Clegg is as bad as Michael Foote, says Key Lib Dempit. all the time. Do you remember when Nick Clegg was the most popular man in politics? Remember about three years ago? And uh, they did all of those... uh, uh, those what, what did they call it when the, the leaders were being interviewed on the thing they d- did those things anyway Nick Clegg, everybody loved Nick Clegg, not anymore and oh, page 21 is the Badger Cole going wrong already let's turn to page 21 as I know a lot of you are interested way off target badger cull fails to kill enough am- enough animals trial in somerset is killing less than a fifth of the animals it needs to make it effective the highly controversial bad- badger cull is in danger of failing after it emerged that a pilot scheme in west somerset is killing less than a fifth of the animals it needs to oh, well, well. We'll, well we'll ration these papers we'll look at the express and the mail a little bit later on for indeed that is all we have this morning libraries though In some parts of uh, Beds, Hearts and Bucks, libraries are under threat of closure or have been in recent past. And we've heard about the funding problems in Luton this week. So we've been asking people what should be done to make libraries more sexy. How can they attract young people to visit them? Well, Justin Dealey's been out and getting some reaction.
12: Right, we've got three young lads here. What's your name? Stanley Hayden. George Bigelike. Rhys Bellis. And how old are you? I'm 16. I'm 16. I'm 16. All oh, 16 years old. Right, when was the last time you used that library over there? Oh, God. About two years ago, I think. I don't think I have used it. <laughs> Probably about nine years. OK, answer this question. How do we make libraries sexy? What's going to get you into that library? Oh, I don't know. <laughs>
7: B- 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 books are very boring very aren't they
14: like,
12: Yeah. so you're saying scrap the library full stop yeah <laughs> right ok what about you how are we going to sex up libraries
14: oh, I think we can mate if I'm pretty honest I think uh, I don't know get some
12: pole dancers in there or something pole dancers ok and finally you well I just literally think you should maybe give it a whole refurbishment and put more books in it <laughs> <laughs>
14: Um, longer opening time because there's someone standing outside there now and it doesn't open till two o'clock, so he's going to wait for a long time, isn't he? Yeah.
12: So longer opening times—that'd be the first thing. Yes,
14: yes. You, you can make it more intellectual by all means, but look, you cannot make a library
12: sexy unless you want to go down the route of sexy. And unfortunately, a library doesn't come under that yeah. thing. Yeah, I see your point. You can't. You can't. Well, do you can't it. even make a noise in there, can you? No, exactly. So how can you make it sexy? Here's Peter from Poland in Hemel. It's got a ring to it. Peter from Poland. Peter, very simply, make a library sexy for me.
15: How are we going to sex them up? Uh, uh, Sexy, uh, well. Library for me is very useful, that's it. That's not sexy, though. So, well, no, maybe not, but uh, I don't come it for a sex. Just only coming here for a, a, a books or yeah. um, internet or something. But how do we get more people in there? How are we going to make it
12: appealing to them? You know, like, you know like when you see a beautiful lady, it appeals to you? How are we going to make libraries sexy so people want to open that door and experience it is a very strange question, to be honest. Uh, it's a relevant question. Somebody said to me, what about having better looking librarians?
15: Would that work? This, libra- this library is very useful, seriously. A lot of people using this one, the place.
12: I mean, to be serious for a second, if you were to lose that library, you'd be very
15: upset, would you? Oh, yes. Because they have a lot of books. It, um, the internet is available, so, you know, for me it is very useful place so it's sexy enough as it already is uh yes i think so i'm not interested about the ladies inside
2: well that's justin dealy speaking to uh, members of the public about libraries i'm joined now by conservative councillor ian dalgana who is uh, the central bedfordshire council's deputy executive member for sustainable community services uh morning Ian. what's the situation in central beds are any libraries coming under pressure of uh, there uh,
26: good morning Ian. thank you for inviting me on the breakfast show this morning um, you know, I'm really pleased to say that none of our libraries are under pressure. Um, Central Beverly Council two years ago um, conducted a consultation with our residents on the long-term future of libraries, and we've listened to them, um, and we've listened to users and non-users, and I think your your point about how do we make libraries sexy for, uh, for teenagers is, is quite relevant, and we've spoken to them as well. But the main thing is... We've taken the view that with a 95% satisfaction rate of library users, why would you close the library? Um, So over the next two years, and this year and next year, we're investing £850,000 in our libraries as part of our Libraries for the Future. Um... So none of our libraries are under threat. We're we're investing in them. We're not closing them. Well, that's that's
2: really good news. and I'm very very pleased to hear that. Uh, but th- there is a problem. We've well, we discovered it started off kind of as a flippant comment earlier in the week. And as we're investigating it, we're finding more and more that younger people. I mean, you, I don't know if you heard that report. There was just in a 16 year old lad. He's never been in a library. How do we change it? What do we do? I, I think we need kind of a Jamie Oliver type figure. What he did with school dinners. We need someone to do that with libraries.
26: Well, part of our our consultations actually came up with the same sort of situation, to be honest with you, Ian. Um, When we spoke to 14 to 19-year-olds, they all said to us, well, my local library isn't targeted at me, and and I actually get my information off the Internet. So we we need to change that viewpoint of libraries are for them, and how do we actually make them feel more user-friendly. There's an attitude that maybe, and it came across in one of your interviews, that... They're quite traditional, this stuffy, mm. you're going to get told off if you make a noise and things like that. What well, you don't in our libraries, we've actually put in, as part of our refurbishment and a route plan for every single library, we've looked at the layouts, we've looked at the, the furnishings that are in there, and we, we've developed areas where we've put in soft furnishings, big sofas, and we've said actually students and young people want to go in there, they want to feel Students
2: love having a doze on a big sofa, don't they?
26: they certainly do but whilst they're there they can interact with our, with our systems we've, we've developed an online library as well so you know, it's not just about getting into the libraries it's how do we actually get them to to use mm. the services and and, and, po- and signpost them to them um, now I've got to say 71,000 people in central Devonshire have registered with their local library in 2012 and 13, and we're just over um, just under a million users last year across our 12 libraries now we are getting it right, I feel. Um, but it, it's targeting that age group. And some of the things that we're trying to do on that is sort of saying to, to the resources that are there, you, know, you can come in, um, if you're 18 to, to 29, okay, you can look, we've got careers, we've got skills, we've got job clubs. We've got information and support. We can help you with your driving test in terms of the online questions, et cetera.
2: Ian, can so I throw a few suggestions that my listeners have, have, have come up with today?
26: Absolutely.
2: Uh, one suggestion – well, no, this was my idea, actually. Have a little uh, coffee stall in the library so people can get a coffee and a croissant.
26: Well, that, that's one of the things that we've listened to as well. And within Central Bedfordshire Libraries, we're putting in drinks, lending, um, We're putting in snacks, et cetera. If you're a student and you're there for a few hours, you want to be able to get a drink – Okay, but so does everybody else. So this this whole thing that you can't eat and drink in libraries, we're kicking that. in. Fantastic. Tight. Good. If you want a drink, you can get one. If you want to sit and have a snack, you can do that. We had I'm more uh, than happy. We had that. a
2: gentleman earlier on who phoned up, with what I thought was an excellent suggestion. You theme different areas. So, for example, Ian, imagine you're in the romance section. You're looking for your favourite Mills and Boone. You'd get the lovely smell of lavender incense, and there'd be lace all over the place. Or if you go to the science fiction section, it's like walking onto the the, the deck of the Starship Enterprise.
26: Well, themed evenings and things like that, we've done some themed events specifically aimed at teenagers. Um, We've recently done a themed event on um, LinkedIn to The Hunger Games, the franchise on the film and the book series. We've also done the popular Twilight series by Stephanie Meyer. And we've we've, designed the libraries around those for those particular events. try and make them user-friendly for teenagers, and it's really targeting that group. um, Because we, we tend to lose users when they get to 14 and 15 Mm. and then they come back later on in life so it's how do we target that and keep them in our library
2: another caller suggested now i I realize this may not be possible but 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 something along the lines he suggested getting one direction to release a library only book now one direction may be a little bit out of your price range but is is there something in getting kind of speakers that would appeal to younger people
26: well what we've, we've done is um We've actually had authors come into our libraries, and we, we get them. It, it's We don't do book signings, because uh, obviously we're not selling books in libraries, okay? But we we can get people in, and they can meet the authors, and we do events. Um, last year, we did one specifically around crime and fiction, okay? So, so people can come in and actually meet authors, and, yeah. and, and, and they're heroes. Yeah. So we're, we're aiming that as well.
2: And, wh- and final suggestion, this isn't for teenagers, this is for the slightly older person, uh, lap dancing.
26: Well, I, I think it's, it's, it's making sure we get best use of space. <laughs> uh, so it's I, a possibility? I,
27: that, that,
26: uh, I don't think so. No, it's I not. Think,
2: okay. Uh, <laughs> well, Ian, listen, I'm really pleased that Central Bed's libraries are doing so well and that you're investing more money in them. I think it's an important um, uh, uh, asset that we have that we, we, we shouldn't take uh, for granted. So so well done. Thank you
26: very much. I'll pass that on to our, our, our
2: and And you've been a very good sport as well Ian thank you very much, Conservative Councillor Ian Dalgano Central Bedfordshire Council's Deputy Executive Member for Sustainable Community Services well the libraries in Central Bed seem to be doing well and they're chucking a load of money their way good for them, well done it's a valuable resource books is knowledge, knowledge is power 08459 455 555 it's 7.30, let's get the travel now with Adam (laughs)
7: Still, some roadworks in Bigglesway. They're not causing a massive delay this morning. It's gas main work along Shortmead Street at the junction with Ivell Gardens, the A6001 around there. In Bedford, the A6, you've got the works at the Greyfriars junction with Beckett Street. M1 southbound, it's a little bit busy in a couple of spots, not too bad. It is all on the move. And if you're leaving the southbound carriageway at junction 11, there's a lane closed on the exit, slip road still because of a broken down vehicle. That's the A505 at the B579 junction. If If You're making your way toward London. The M25, a little bit busy anti-clockwise around Junction 19 at Watford. In High Barnet, Alston Road remains closed off because of a burst water main between Puller Road and Wood Street. And on the trains, London Midland and Virgin are reporting delays of up to 15 minutes. Milton Keynes to London Euston. It was because of a trespass incident earlier this morning at Bletchley. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio.
3: Across beds, hearts and bugs
8: This is BBC's Three Counties
0: Radio Good morning with the headlines, I'm Serena Farrow A 19-year-old being found dead in Luton overnight Police were called to Hastings Street A 43-year-old's now been arrested on suspicion of murder after an elderly patient with dementia was left on a transport bus in Luton the council says it's now improved its service the nhs meanwhile complaints watchdogs concerned about failures to recognise and treat sepsis and it's hoped a rail link between bedford and cambridge will finally be reopened after 20 years of campaigning right now let's get all the morning to sport
3: three counties sports
0: bbc three counties radio so, looking ahead to this evening, then Luton Town play Wrexham in the Conference. Wrexham, defeated in last season's playoff final, have started it quite poorly with just one win. But Hatters boss John still feels tonight's opposition will improve.
17: They're one of the clubs that uh, people would think w- would be a threat, uh, whether they are or not. You know, the season remains to be seen. But you, they, they, these are these are great games. These, you know, I think when you get former football league clubs up against each other, they're, they're, they're great games.
0: Stevenage manager's preparing his side for the trip to Preston tomorrow, the club which sacked him last season. Graham Wesley then returned to Marriage Borough for a third time, and because of that, he's unsure what sort of reception he'll get.
18: How can I predict that? You know, there'll be, I'm sure, people at, at that football club who recognise the good work that I did. You'll get those that despise me because we lost some games when the squad was weak and tested and um, there'll be those that understand that I took on a lot of very big battles on behalf of the football club.
0: Also, tomorrow Watford return after the international break as they welcome Charlton in the championship. MK Dons host Notts County while Wickham are at Plymouth. And elsewhere in rugby, Bedford begin their league campaign against London Welsh at Saracens Stadium. Now, the head of Qatar's World Cup committee says there's no reason why the tournament should be taken away from them. Earlier this week, the FIFA president said it may have been a mistake to think it may have been staged in the summer months in Qatar because of the extreme heat. And finally, Andy Murray takes on 16-year-old US Open boys champion Borna Chorich, in the Davis Cup later as Great Britain take on Croatia in the World Cup qualifying tie. BBC Three Counties Radio, more from me at 8. Call 08459 455 555.
3: BBC Three Counties Radio.
2: This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio, it's 7.33, it's Friday the 13th, oh, spooky. We'll be finding out just how superstitious you are a little bit later on in the show, but uh, you can give me a call and tell me your superstitions. I have them, won't put new shoes on a table, I get told if I put old shoes on a table, but won't put new shoes on a table, it's bringing death into the house. Well, it's not, is it? But part of me doesn't want to tempt fate. And also, I salute magpies. Hello, Mr Magpie, how are your wife and children? quite a few of us uh, producer tara who's well no you are a little bit flighty actually so that doesn't surprise me Flight, flighty is not necessarily an in, is it a, do you take that as an insult flighty surely
4: i'm 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 serious and very to the point on the yeah flighty you be. are a little bit <laughs> flighty
2: you're wearing, wearing a red cardigan <laughs> for do. goodness sakes it doesn't What's wrong with red well it doesn't get much flightier than that never buy a red um, car my nan would say
4: i've had about three
2: i, I wrote off a red car once
4: they go faster than blue ones, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> you
2: see, flighty. It's meant with love. Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five. Dennis, are you superstitious? Honestly, I'm not. Really? Because you were probably around when um, Jesus was walking this earth.
25: I'll tell you what. You were getting very nasty now. <laughs>
2: yeah,
25: I'm Simply, done. Yes. The Je- Friday the thirteenth. Yes. Right. The reason it's Friday the thirteenth is because on Friday the thirteenth October, thirteen oh seven. King Philip of France and the Pope hammered the Knights, Christ- Knights Templars yes. because they owed they, they owed money. Uh, these people owed money to them. And yeah. that's the fact the Pope was getting a little bit shirty that they were getting two pounds.
2: And of course, the reason you know all this is, is you were there, weren't you?
25: No, I've... You heard hey, it on the radio? No, I've done exactly what you were trying to do earlier, when you were screaming, I can't work without my computer, I can't work Oh,
2: ah, you that. Googled it. I thought Friday the 13th was because Jesus was crucified on a Friday, and um, uh, d- Judas was the 13th d- disciple. No, no. no it's, this is a definite... T- 13 people at the um, Last Supper, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was on a Friday.
25: No, but this business with Templars is right. They wiped them out because they owed, uh, they, they owed money to these people. Do you not
2: have any... Sur- Superstitions, Dennis. No. Would I'm you? Would, what about if you smashed a mirror? Could you smash a mirror?
25: I, well, looking at it, it smashed the damn thing. I but I'm dumb. new it, break.
2: No. It, it does not. sound like you're you're letting rip every time you call in.
25: No. <laughs> No, I'm not. Aww. Honestly, I, if anything, I would, I'd crack a mirror if I looked at it. Okay. Because I get up in the morning, that's my superstition. Oh, God almighty, that's my great... I've
2: got, an- I've got another day on this earth. When will it ever end? That's a superstition. <laughs> <laughs> do, sal- do you salute magpies? No. Walk under ladders? No. You don't walk under ladders.
25: No, like you, only if there's somebody up up the ladder painting. I wouldn't walk under it if if not that
2: Here's something my boy does, and I hate it, and I hate it when he does it, and I kind of say, no, don't do that indoors. He opens his umbrella indoors.
25: Well, that's so you get all the waters. If I I went indoors with an open umbrella, my wife would kill me because... You've got to shake it outside, get the drops off. The other thing, there was years ago, I'm, yes. and I'm all oh, I remember. We're doing the radio
2: show, yes. I've got yes. guests lined up. Yes, sorry, I was just only chat. Go on, no,
25: but in the uh, when I was young, little girls used to do hopscotch, right? There was some rhyme they used to think about stepping on a crack. Oh, yes, you'd marry a, marry something, and I, th- I think that was a superstar.
2: Yes, never step on a crack.
25: Yeah, that's it. These are all these funny things. Well, yeah. Dennis, I have to move on because we're um, we're, uh, the, the other thing about oh, <laughs> I, apparently, I don't. Yes, go on, the library's business. Yes, it's uncool to go going to a library, when they've got Kindles these days, and like I'm sat in front of a computer, I can, fa- I can go all over the world, got all the information I want. Yep. I don't need to go to the library. Yep. It, they, they're dying out because it's not cool.
2: We need to make them cool, Dennis, and there is a way to do it. We've just not found it yet. Dennis, I've got to end it there. Thank you very much uh, indeed. Good news, potentially good news for train fans. Rail link between Bedford and Cambridge. Well, a campaign group is calling for rail routes between the two places to be safeguarded for potential future use. Rail Future has published a report setting out a number of options for a new rail link. Uh, Peter Wakefield is the chair of Rail Future in the East. Good morning, Peter. Why why is this link so important, do you think?
28: Uh, Good morning. (coughs) Well... um the east-west rail consortium has been beavering away for the last 20 years to get the route from bedford to oxford which is part of the route you're talking about the so-called varsity route that the oxford to bedford section is is opening in 2017 and it's logical to carry on to uh Cambridge, and we've been looking at routes between Bedford and Cambridge, and into Cambridge in particular, which would be best suited to uh, you know helping the economy of of that part of this the south part of Cambridgeshire. Um, you know, uh, a rail route to answer your question more directly, a railway between Oxford and Cambridge would. Probably do about 75 miles, I believe it is, between the two places. Uh, at the moment it takes up to two and a half hours to drive, three and a half hours on a bus, uh, and the train would do it in about an hour and a half, so you know, it would be much, much easier route across this very important economic hub. Well, I was
2: going to ask, apart from obviously saving a, a significant amount of time, what's, what would the other benefits be?
28: Well, if we've looked particularly how we'd get into Cambridge, that's what's worrying us slightly, there is a uh the, the the local plans for south cambridgeshire and cambridge city and the Cambridgeshire t- uh, transport plan are, are up for consultation at the moment and that consultation ends at the end of this month so what we've been doing is looking at how a route between uh, bedford and cambridge would benefit really cambridge and we've been looking there's t- two problems. A uh, 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 problem has occurred that many of the easier routes into Cambridge are being planned out, so to speak, by other developments. So we we want the local plan to safeguard uh, routes by the councillors looking at the options and coming to a decision. And we have been looking at the way uh, the the best the, the the largest number of people who could benefit from such a route. Say and we we we. we think maybe a route from the St. St. Neats area, uh, following the, the A428 into Cambridge, is probably uh, a good option because it would serve um, the, the hugely growing communities in St. In, in St. Neats. Uh, you could bring new services down from Peterborough through Huntingdon, serving the new township at Alconbury, uh, And maybe you could serve the new township and growing township at Camborne on the way into Cambridge and that way Uh, there might be some relief to the A14, which is being tolled, as you know, and lots of people saying they don't want to pay that toll, so the 428 might become extremely busy.
2: Peter, we have to end it there. Thank you very much. We'll be following this story very closely, and no doubt we'll be speaking to you at some point. uh, Peter Wakefield, chair of Rail Future in the
3: East. Call
8: 08459 455
2: 555.
3: BBC Three Counties Radio. Friday the
2: 13th I'm not particularly funny about Friday the 13th although perhaps I do tread a little bit uh, a little bit more cautiously Justin Daly yes now you do seem like quite a rational gentleman then sometimes you'll come out with the oddest thing you said I remember you said a few weeks ago that you were having really bad luck because of a Harry Krishna elephant in your house
12: yes what um, is this Yes somebody gave me a Harry Krishna elephant last October now since then I have had unprecedented bad luck in my life I can't go into full detail but but let's just say it hasn't been a great year for me and I think it's the elephant that's what I think it Can't is. Can't you just chuck the elephant out? Yeah, but I'm worried. I'm scared if I chuck the elephant out, is that gonna bring me even more bad luck? Yeah, someone might die or something. Yeah, exactly. I'm scared. And you broke you were telling as well that you broke a mirror and got bad luck. Yeah, I broke a mirror about <laughs> what, fifteen years ago. <laughs> yeah, I love and it. Things happened uh in that year, and I thought to myself, do you know what? It's got to be the mirror. It could have been psychological, yeah. but I do blame the mirror for that bad luck during that year. Now
2: I have asked you this morning to get a little hand mirror and mm. see if you could find someone to smash it.
12: Yes. How did you get on with that? We are gonna be doing that a bit later. Okay. After eight I'm going to be off very soon to buy a mirror. Is anybody going to dare to smash that mirror live It's weird that people listening to this show, most of them are rational, rash- apart from
2: Dennis and Dunstable, obviously, but <laughs> most <laughs> of them are rational, intelligent people. Mm. But they would
12: still be hesitant, I think, to do it. Well, somebody said earlier on, give me a mirror and I'll smash it. Yeah. We-, we didn't actually have a mirror, but uh, later we are hopefully going to have one. Will they smash it? Fingers crossed. What have you been asking people this morning then? Been asking people about today, Friday the 13th. Are they scared and what superstitions are they believe in? here's what people had to say. Madam, you don't look scared today. But Are you feeling scared? Why should I be scared? You know, today. Yeah. It's Friday the 13th, though. So? So? You don't care? No.
7: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
12: any superstitions that you believe in?
7: There are probably some that I think about every now and again, but then I
12: think, why? What's the one that you think about the most? I obviously see magpies on my way to work.
5: So occasionally one magpie, but then I think, so what, the rest, of the rest are in the nest
12: yeah. so. <laughs> very good point, listen, have a great day and a good weekend thank you, take care, <laughs> take care, all the best Addy, are you feeling alright today? am yeah, I what sort of precautions are you taking then? What kind of precautions con-
28: against um, what, the road traffic war
12: Friday the 13th oh,
28: nothing, I don't believe yeah.
12: you don't believe in that? no do you believe in any superstitions?
7: superstitions, uh, I will not go trying the devil yeah, that's it
12: you wouldn't go and try the devil? yeah mind you, who would? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Let's leave him be, yeah? Yeah. Thank you very much. All right, yes. Hey, come on, sir, don't give me that look. You're scared, aren't you? No, not at all. Not at all. You have got a big issue
24: with the colour green. Can you tell me why? I have, because any time I've ever been involved in it, um, it's never brought me any luck. I've had a car that was green, one and only. I was never out of trouble from the day I got it. Um I looked at a house when I came down here to Luton. It was painted predominantly green inside. I was going, well, I didn't consider buying it. I just said, nah, don't, no, don't settle with this at all.
12: You're Irish. Green is your colour. Uh, yeah,
24: it is, isn't it? <laughs> you won't catch me wearing green on Patrick's Day.
12: You won't wear any green clothes. You won't have a green card. You have no association whatsoever with the colour green. No. Are you
24: scared of green? I'd just rather stay away from it. <laughs> isn't that funny that i know
2: the p- people are so odd and listen justin but if we've learned anything from today's show it's certainly don't try the devil no no definitely do, don't just don't and i would not ask you to go and do i'll ask you to get someone to smash a mirror i won't ask you to try the devil no let's not go there justin daly thank you very much indeed 08459 four double five five double five. what are your superstitions we get them from our parents don't we really they're handed down to us mine are all from my mum uh, yeah, they're all from my mum, really. So it, it's weird nonsense that in this computer, signed, hey, science is real, and yet we still invest time and thought in silly little things, saluting magpies, not putting new shoes on a table, getting upset when my three-year-old opens his umbrella indoors. What are yours? 08459 four double five five double five. This is BBC Three Counties. It's quarter to eight. Let's get the travel news now with Adam. <laughs>
7: The A1 southbound starting to slow up from Eaton Socon down toward the Black Cat roundabout. On the M1, good news if you're leaving the southbound carriageway at Junction 11 because that broken down lorry's been recovered from the end of the exit slip road. Traffic moving nicely. The A5 just a little slow from Leighton Buzzard southbound toward Dunstable this morning. The A10 in Chesant is looking a wee bit busy on the approach to the M25 and of course, if you're joining the M25 there, you're joining right in the middle of the roadworks section. It's quite busy from Junction 26 Waltham Abbey toward Junction 25 at the A10 there and then onwards toward Potter's Bar before slowing down again Maple Cross to the M4. And in High Barnet, Alston Road still closed because of a burst water main near Wood Street. London Midland and Virgin Trains running with delays of up to 15 minutes. This is Milton Keynes to Euston after a trespass incident at Bletchley. Adam Glenn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Adam, thank you very much. More from him before 8
2: o'clock. Excuse me. 7.47, my name's Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A murder investigation has been launched after a 19 year old has been found dead in Luton. It's hoped a rail link between Bedford and Cambridge will finally be reopened after 20 years of campaigning. And in sport, Luton Town play Wrexham in the Football Conference tonight. Coming up, there's an idea to cap house price rises at 5%. What do you think? Does that make sense? 08459 oh, five, 455 double, 555. Double, Let's get the weather with Elizabeth Rizzini.
21: Beds, hearts, and bucks weather.
3: BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello,
21: very good morning to you. Well, it's. Um, good morning oh. to
3: you, Elizabeth.
2: <laughs> oh,
21: Sorry, I just know. You. you.
2: You always address us so politely, and I don't address you, and I'm, I'm redressing the balance. Good morning to you, Elizabeth. Oh,
21: thanks. You're very, very welcome. Thank you. Um, Good morning. <laughs> yeah.
2: Good. Good morning. Uh... We've, we've, we've just done that. Good morning to you, Elizabeth. <laughs>
21: All right. I do some weather now. Please do. It's mild and it's muggy today. We're already on sixteen degrees. We will see eighteen degrees by this afternoon. But you can see the temperatures haven't got very far to go. The general feeling is mild and humid today. Cloudy and damp. A few outbreaks of drizzle. Some misty conditions too over the tops of the hills. And uh, we're likely to see a few outbreaks of showery rain along with the drizzle this morning. So not completely dry, but. Um, should be a drier picture into this afternoon with perhaps a little bit of brightness but brightness, sunshine, very very limited I think today all in all it's going to be really very cloudy. Now as we get into tonight we'll start to see some outbreaks of um, well light rain at first just spread into Buckinghamshire, into this evening's rush hour really, that's when it's going to start and this rain is going to continue through the night, it could cause some problems quite a lot of surface water and um, we'll see um, perhaps up to a quarter of an inch of rainfall actually overnight very very wet, heavy and Consistent rain and that will stick around into tomorrow morning as well. Temperatures overnight down to 12 or 13 degrees Celsius. Very wet start to the weekend. The rain clearing from the west first by the mid-morning, I think. It should have gone in a dry and a brighter afternoon. But it will lead to a chilly night on Saturday. Temperatures down into single figures again. Dry and a bright start to Sunday. But gradually turning windier and windier through the day. And uh, very wet and windy by Sunday afternoon. That's the forecast.
8: Roberto Peroni
21: on BBC Three Counties Radio.
19: If you're at home, sit back, because this is going to be very, very interesting. You've got the selfie, the legsy, the bumsy. <laughs>
8: you're going to start that track. Roberto <laughs> Peroni. We seem to be heading um, headlong into war
19: again.
7: We're very keen to stop this from happening.
19: We don't know where this might lead. The lie that took us into the Iraq war could become a shocking truth in this one.
8: Roberto Peroni. Weekdays from three on BBC
2: Three Counties Radio. On the subject of uh, superstitions, uh, Scott has sent me, well, sent me several tweets on the subject. He says, I've got a lucky sixpence that was given to me years ago. When I wore it, I had shed loads of bad luck. Took it off, I put it on recently and fell down the stairs. It's cursed. Then he goes on to say, do you want to see a picture of it? Not really. Then there's another tweet, it's in my drawer now. Then the next tweet is with my KFC clean-up tissues. That's enough information on the lucky sixpence, Scott. I don't need any more details about where it is or the location. The story was enough. Thank you very much indeed. You can get in touch with me, 08459 four double five five double five. Now, there are calls today from the body that represents the UK's chartered surveyors to cap house price rises at 5%. The Royal Institution of Chartered Surveyors is calling on the Bank of England to look at new tools to control the market. It says capping increases uh, by limiting lending would prevent another house price bubble. Well, Josh
19: Miller is from the institution and explains how it would work. The Bank of England would monitor its chosen index on house prices. When that index exceeds 5% at the national level, it then gradually tightens something called macroprudential policy, so policies aimed at tightening lending conditions. We're not saying that there is a bubble at the moment. We're saying that to reduce the risk of a bubble going forward, one way to do so is for the Bank of England's Financial Policy Committee to come out and be transparent about what its policy is with respect to house prices. Well, Henry Pryor is an independent housing expert
2: from Hertfordshire. I'll be honest, Henry, uh, I I didn't understand that. (laughs) To be completely blunt, what what does it mean in simple terms?
23: I think we might need our lucky sixpence for this one. Yes. Um, it it, It is a slightly off-the-wall suggestion, but it does come from an extremely respectable body. What they're trying to suggest is that as many of us, and indeed we have spoken uh, in the past about what it is that drives house prices, it's not supply and demand per se, it is the availability of credit. And what has been going on uh, lately is that the government has been very keen to put a floor under house prices to stimulate the house building, which they've done very successfully. And they've done that by making uh, more money available and making it cheaper and easier for people to borrow. The result of that is that house prices have been ticking up gradually. But, of course, the country is a myriad of different individual housing markets, and what is going on in Stevenage isn't necessarily Mm. reflected in what's going on in Milton Keynes. Now, the concern that most people have in terms of instant reaction to the RICS suggestion is that house price inflation in London, in central London, for example, uh, is running according to the Land Registry, a pretty... A pretty uh, respected body uh, at about five percent now should that trigger some kind of intervention by the new canadian governor of the bank of england who by the way has ha- had some experience back in canada of uh, trying to pull the levers of, on lenders to try and influence house prices. Should, should the fact that London house prices, in, house prices in Chelsea, for example, are knocking on 6 or 7% per annum, mean that house prices in Beaconsfield, or worth f- further afield across the country in Birmingham or Belfast, should they be held back? And I don't think this has been exactly thought through. So the, the plan is flawed. W- would it have any positive impact? Well, there is a very, gr- very real danger of, uh, of, of the housing market overheating in parts of the country. So this bubble th-
2: that we're hearing about, it, it could potentially happen?
23: Well, I think that uh, if you look at general inflation that we talk about, uh, that the Bank of England um, uses when when it's one of its principal targets, trying to keep general inflation, broad inflation across the country at 2%, it's spectacularly failed to do it over the last um, eight to nine years. But nevertheless, house price inflation at 5% across the country would give a lot of people a big scare. And I think that um, when, when the government is trying to stimulate the housing market to bring jobs into house building, to give people the opportunity of getting onto the housing ladder that's one thing but if 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 all they were doing across the nation as a whole was ramping house prices at five percent per annum there would be some serious concerns and i think that most people would think that there was time to either turn off the tap or potentially to look at some kind of device for controlling house prices house price inflation more generally
2: you mentioned that, that houses are being built and that's great but that there aren't enough houses if we built just a shed load of
23: houses would, would that not help the situation? Somewhat. Well, there's no doubt that we're in the middle of... Everybody recognises we're in the middle of a national housing crisis, and, uh, yes, we are building woefully low volumes of new new homes. The problem is, if I was the potential uh, parliamentary candidate for... Uh, let's let's take uh, Welling and Hatfield, where Grant Shapps, of course, used to be our housing minister, now the chairman of the Tory party. If I was to stand on the doorsteps of the good voters of uh, Welling Garden City and uh, announce that my party, uh, a new party, was excited about trying to solve the housing crisis, we wanted to build 250,000 houses in order to make up for the shortfall... Of over the last 30 years sadly there might be some impact in the fact that uh, your view from your house uh, in chewin or in hartford might be spoilt by new houses being built of course and indeed there would be the knock-on effect of the value of your house falling because that's one of the principal reasons for building more houses to make them more affordable can i count on your vote i suspect that mr chaps will be back in for another term don't you
2: the, um, the, the, finally, the, the, this government scheme to help people um, uh, buy houses by lending them perhaps more money than they can potentially afford, isn't that how we got into
23: this mess in the first place? Well, not exactly, Ian. You're quite right. It is a big scare. Help to Buy, which is the scheme to which you refer, is, has been launched in two parts. The first part, which came accru- uh, came after the budget in the spring of this year, was designed to help people, both first-time buyers and those what are called second-steppers, who wanted to buy a new house, up to £600,000, and the government uh, was going to stand behind them with a shared equity deal. Remember, if house prices were to go up by 5%, then you'd be sharing that uplift with the government. Uh, that scheme has been working quite well. 10000 new homes have been purchased or reserved uh, based on that scheme, and it has had a demonstrable effect by as we discussed earlier, making houses more affordable. The big uh, second element of help to buy which kicks in in January, is going to allow people, again, both first-time buyers and those second-steppers, to be able to buy second-hand homes, again up to £600,000, and there is serious doubt now about whether that the wisdom of, of making it up to that sort of price, I think that probably what we're going to expect to see is some consultation by the government who will reduce that to 300,000 which would be much more useful much more productive and it would actually aim and help the people it was designed to do.
2: Henry thanks for your time. Henry Pryor independent housing expert from Hertfordshire. Call 08459
8: 455 555
2: BBC Three Counties Radio. Friday the thirteenth. Are you spooked? Are you superstitious? Jenny's in Milton Keynes. Good morning, Jenny. Hello, Jenny. What's your take on this?
5: My husband. Uh, sadly, my husband died on the, on Friday the thirteenth.
2: Oh dear. I'm sorry to hear that.
5: And if he hadn't been alive, it would have been his birthday today. Oh
2: dear. Friday
5: the thirteenth. And also, I'm very and I'm a very unlucky person. I've had. Um, <laughs> I've been advised not to go out at all today. I don't know what who,
2: who's, who's advised you on that? Clairvoyant. Oh.
5: And I know they're not always true. No, but, not know, always. No. And also, I had my kitchen in green.
2: Well, we heard from a gentleman uh, uh, earlier on speaking to Justin who is is, is afeard afraid of the colour green. You
5: know, I had the kitchen painted green. Yes. And uh, I've had nothing but bad luck at work mm. and everything. And I got so fed up, I had a new kitchen put in, and I'm having it painted beige. Uh, a lovely uh, cream and coffee and cream. Lovely
2: I've beige had a, colour, yes. And I've had,
5: a, I've had a lot more luck at work since I've Isn't had that it interesting? Changed. I'm just waiting for my friend to finish to do the last bit of green and I should be quite happy.
2: Jenny, you sounds like you're a little bit superstitious. We are asking our reporter Justin Dealy to try and find someone to smash a mirror. Oh,
5: no, I wouldn't do that. Not even if you paid me a million pounds, I wouldn't do that. Not for
2: even for a million. What, what do you believe would happen to you?
5: Well, I'd have, I'd have more bad luck than I'm already having.
2: Really? Yes. And you genuinely believe that? Yes, Where do you it's it's think the bad luck comes from?
5: I think it's come apparently from like yours has come from your mother and father. Mine's come from my father. My father's suspicion was if a bird flew in the house and he couldn't get it out, somebody would die. Oh my goodness! And he hated green.
2: Jenny, I appreciate your time. Thank you. She's right. Clairvoyants don't always get it right. Well, she's had some bad luck on Friday the thirteenth. Losing her husband and a green kitchen caused her problems at work. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. <laughs>
3: Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs.
8: BBC Three Counties Radio.
7: The A1 southbound, slow moving from Eaton Soak and down toward the Black Cat roundabout. But once you get further down past Biggleswade, it's a nice clear run and the A1M is moving well toward London. The A10 in Cheshunt, that's slow as you come past the Winston Churchill Way, the A121 mainly on the approach to the M25. In London Coney, the A414 a little busy at the London Coney roundabout. The A1081 doesn't seem to be affected. Exchange Road in Watford looking slow. The A411 near Beech and Grove. anti-clockwise M25... Busy Waltham Abbey to Enfield, heading into the roadworks. Also slow Maple to the M4 this morning. Alston Road in High Barnet still closed because of a burst water main near Wood Street. And good news for the trains. London, Midland and Virgin back onto a normal timetable. Milton Keynes to Euston after a trespass incident earlier this morning. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Adam. Speaking of trespassing, there are trespassers in the BBC Three Counties
2: car park. We all saw them this morning. We were all too scared to go and have a word with them. Well... All of us apart from one person. Who was that and what happened? We'll find out after this.
8: Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks.
3: This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: It's eight o'clock, I'm Serena Farrow. The headlines, dead body found in Luton, better transport for vulnerable patients in Bedfordshire and home prices about to stable. BBC Three Counties Radio. A 19-year-old's been found dead in Luton. Police were called to Hastings Street overnight. A 43-year-old's now been arrested on suspicion of murder and an investigation's been launched. In other news this morning, after an elderly patient with dementia was left on a transport bus in Luton overnight, the council says it's now improved its service. Well, there have been a number of incidents, including a 16-year-old being knocked down after leaving a vehicle. But there's now a policy as well which forbids employees from whistleblowing. Dr John Beer from Action on Elder Abuse says that's just wrong.
24: You know, if a child gets hurt or neglected or badly treated in some way, we don't want you to tell anybody in case it looks bad. That wouldn't be acceptable with children, would it? But with older people, we bend their attitude. They're not quite so important. They're not so vulnerable. If this has been a child, you know, this would have been national, wouldn't it?
0: now it's hoped a rail link between Bedford and Cambridge will finally be reopened after 20 years of campaigning. Rail Futures published a report setting out a number of options for a new line. Patrick O'Sullivan, a consultant for the East-West Rail Consortium, says it's going to be expensive though, as it's very different to another local route.
20: The Oxford to Bedford which is reinstating railway that was already there, and this is going to be a brand new railway across Virgin Territory, so we're probably looking at something approaching 800 to, to, to nearly a, probably a billion pounds.
0: Next, and the Bank of England's being encouraged to cap the average rise in house prices to 5% a year to head off the danger of an unsustainable property boom. The Royal Institution of Chartered Surveyors says putting a ceiling on the increase would prevent another house price bubble and excessive risk-taking. Henry Pryor's an independent housing expert from Hertfordshire. He's just been speaking to Ian Lee.
23: It's not supply and demand per se, it is the availability of credit. And what has been going on uh, lately is that the government has been very keen to put a floor under house prices to stimulate house building, which they've done very successfully. And they've done that by making uh, more money available and making it cheaper and easier for people to borrow.
0: The NHS complaints watchdogs concerned about failures to recognise and treat sepsis. The Health Service Ombudsman has called for new guidelines to help doctors and nurses recognise the condition. It's thought to cause 37,000 deaths in the UK every year. Well, Dame Julie Mellis says patients with it can be in greater danger than they
1: appear. The seriousness of a patient's condition isn't recognised. And actually, sepsis is really difficult to diagnose. People can look well compared to other people that come into accident and emergency for example and so it's critical that the early warning signs are seen and acted upon
0: sport and luton town play wrexham tonight in the football conference and let's have a little look at the weather overcast brightening up later on apparently temperatures 19 degrees celsius get the latest news and sports online at bbc.co.uk slash three (laughs) counties
2: This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's three minutes past eight, 57 minutes until my weekend starts. I'm working tonight, but it's not technically. You know, it's its, it's not building walls or digging dishes, so... Uh, lots for you to get involved with this morning. Give out the contact details in a bit, although I'm sure most of you, you know how to get in touch now, don't you? Don't you? Well, in, in case you don't, I'll give you the details in a bit. Some of the things we're talking about... You may remember a little while ago we uh, mentioned uh, the case of an elderly dementia patient. If you heard it, you won't have forgotten it. It was incredible. She was left overnight on a patient transport bus in the driver, The driver didn't notice her, so she spent 14 hours, an 88-year-old woman, stuck on a bus overnight. It was a one-off, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Well, maybe not. Details on uh, the shocking story and inadequacies... Hey, Rail fans, some very exciting news. Oh, woo-woo! Stay tuned for that. And it's Friday the 13th. Well, we're hearing that some of you are very, very superstitious. What are your superstitions? 08459 455555. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Or you can send me a text, 81333.
3: Start your text, 3 3CR.
2: Across beds, hearts and bucks.
3: This is BBC Three Counties Radio. And also we had
2: some, um, some dubious characters parked illegally in the BBC Three Counties Radio car park. We all saw it, we all commented on it, none of us went and knocked on their doors and asked them to leave. None of us, except for one. Can you guess who was the person from Three Counties Radio who was brave enough to go and knock at their window? We shall reveal all in the next half an hour of the show now last year an elderly dementia patient was left overnight on a patient transport bus in luton 88 year old joan cook spent 14 hours trapped on the bus let me just read that again because this is disgusting 88 year old joan cook who has dementia spent 14 hours trapped on a bus The driver, Susan McLaughlin, failed to notice that there was a woman on the bus. She lost her job but was cleared of neglect at Luton Crown Court. Well, it's emerged that this wasn't the only serious case like this, and last night the council discussed whether its procedures for dealing with this sort of thing are now robust enough. Dr John Beer is from Action on Elder Abuse. He thinks the issue has been dealt with in a very unsatisfactory manner.
24: If we were taking the care of older people seriously and i don't think we do then the first time it happened there would have been a proper investigation people would have said how could this be and something would have been done i, I agree with you clicking the seatbelt seems to be ludicrous i mean it, it's about saying to the driver and training the drivers your job is to see that everybody gets into their own home, and you don't go home until that—that's what you've done.
2: Well, I'm joined now by Colin Chick, who is the corporate director for environment and regeneration at Luton Borough Council. Uh, Colin, when we uh, last spoke to you about the case of Joan Cook, you said, "quote It was an entirely uh, entirely an isolated incident," but the report last night reveals that there was a previously unreported case. So, so did you lie?
29: No, I didn't. No. Um, um the 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 incident beforehand, um, I was not aware of at the time, and it came out afterwards. It came out afterwards because what we did was we carried out a full review of absolutely everything. We left no stone unturned right across the board. We went right back through records. And, and what it showed was, was there have been three incidents. Um, uh, all happened last year, despite the fact that the service has been running for eight years. In that time, the service has moved probably about 2 million people um, travelled about 8 million miles. Um, those three incidents, um, I think we need to put it into perspective. The Joan Cook incident was very, very different to the other two. Um, and yes, I mean, the Joan Cook incident, I've always said beggars belief, um, is inexcusable. Um, and we took action straight away. I felt uh, I felt almost a personal slight myself. And I took direct personal responsibility at that time. It was me that said, let's. Uh, let's do absolutely everything so this incident can ever happen again. The other incident, I think... Um, uh, is it Dr John... Dr Gold John there? Beer, yeah. Beer. Um, I think he's been a little bit unfair. I, don't, uh, I would challenge him as to whether he knows the full facts on the cases.
2: Well, let's tell... It, Colin, why don't you tell us the full facts on the other two cases? What happened?
29: Um, well, on the other two cases, um, they're both very isolated incidents. Um, an elderly gentleman um going to tall end um uh, day center um um the uh he was i can not know what he was getting on the lift i got off the lift at the back of the of the um of, of the ambulance and um he wasn't in a stable position um i think his stick was possibly not he fell off the lift at it. the back of the bus he, yeah i think they moved the lift before he was totally stable and how old was and this he guy
2: Sorry? How old was this gentleman?
29: I'm not sure exactly, I think. He was an elderly gentleman without a doubt. So,
2: possibly in his 70s or 80s. Yes. Let, let's, let's be generous. Let's say a 75-year-old man who uses okay. a stick fell off the lift at the back of the bus. Yes. Okay. And what's the other incident?
29: The other incident was uh, um, uh, a, a young lad. Um, I think he was autistic. Um, he was 16. Quite a big lad. Um, <coughs> and... Um, he was um walked to the edge of the curb by the attendant and um he panicked he had a, a particular fear um he panicked we didn't know the the particular fear that he, he had um and um he uh panicked and broke free of the um of the attendant and i think at that point um you know, what is reasonable restraint um and we have to be really careful here And um, we've had this debate ourselves uh, what how we've re, we the the person involved the police were involved. Um, it went through full safeguarding um, procedures. Um, it was looked at, and the, and the recommendation was: was the attendant get some additional training? So the, the was a contract. The young man broke sorry, free. It what was happened, a contract to him? service.
2: Sorry. The young man broke free. What, what, what happened? And what? ran into the road. Was he hit by
29: anything? I think he was clipped by a car. Yes, he was clipped
2: by I, a car. I, okay. So a young man uh, who's autistic. Um, panics. The person with him doesn't have the correct training. He runs into the road and he's hit by a car.
29: I don't think. Yes, I, I, I don't think the training would have made much difference. Well, and the
2: recommendation. We, the recommendation said that that person needed more training. So that obviously they, that must have. They had
29: pressure training. It. That did not mean that that was a contradictory factor to the incident. And in fact, we've debated this over and over again. What level of restraint is acceptable with a sixteen-year-old? I would I mean, suggest would a level
2: of—I would suggest a level of restraint that stops a sixteen-year-old autistic boy getting hit by a car. I, so, I, I would suggest that, that so anything is If I get hold
29: of someone by the arm so hard that I bruise them because that's the only way I can stop them because they're wriggling to get away. Yeah, is that acceptable restraint, or is that—that's acceptable if it
2: stops them getting hit by a car?
29: Yes. Well, I, I think. Well, um, if you look into safeguarding, it's a very difficult area. If it stops
2: them getting hit by a car, Colin.
29: Yes. And um, what I'm saying is, and at what level do you, you know, it, you know the, the 16 years of age, I think I would, I, I've got, I remember my sons a couple of years ago at 16 years of age, if they wanted to break free and I was holding them, short of pinning them to the ground, I'd have a real great difficulty. Uh, are you happy with Wouldn't the... W- not can I ask you Ian? I, you, would rather, ask you I would rather... I would rather... Colin, I, I will ask, ask the question. I would... a 16-year-old still, yep, yep. how would you do it without causing physical damage? I would That's rather
2: my thing. son had a bruise on his arm than got hit by a car when he was in the care of the council, Colin.
29: Absolutely. And, and, and yes,
2: but Why is, does it? It sounds like you're... You, why can't you just accept responsibility for this? Why are you I, trying to justify that a child in your ch- care I, I, was hit by a car?
29: No, I'm not trying to... What I'm saying quite clearly is we accept full responsibility. That's why we took the action we did. The police investigated. The police took no further action. The two people went for additional training. The driver, they've since both left the service, There were two people there. uh, Well, no, yes, there was the driver and there was the escort. OK, there were two people there. Right? Yeah, the driver was in the car, in the vehicle, and the escort was. Colin, it did. sounds
2: like you're trying to justify h- an horrific incident that could that no, you I'm were lucky that you were lucky didn't get end up much worse than it did.
29: It could, it could, and I was very relieved it didn't. And it's a very difficult circumstance because what is acceptable restraint on a 16 year old?
2: Why did you not know about these these incidents?
29: I knew about that one the moment it happened.
2: Oh, sorry, I thought you said that there were two incidents you didn't know about.
29: No, uh, but that was later. At the time we were talking. Um, the um, that that's a much later incident. The the first incident had already happened. The Joan Cook incident happened between those two.
2: Why are you warning the staff about whistleblowing?
29: Um, I don't think we are, are we?
2: Well, I've been led to believe that you're warning the staff about whistleblowing to the press. That you've you've suggested that perhaps that's not the way to go.
29: Well, well what we say is. Um, not wishable into the press. What we say is, is that there is... I mean, you, you've very carefully and cleverly taken that out of context. So please what put it in context. To, OK, I will. Um, what we have said to staff is there is a proper process and procedure to go through if you see something that happens or endangers or is, is a, a risk to the community. Um, or you just see something that's blatantly wrong. There's a process you go to your manager or if you feel that you feel that something's being covered up, there is a whistleblowing blowing process within the council to deal with that. There is nothing to be gained by going to the press and um, setting a whole load of hairs running. We have very, very strong process in place. The Scrutiny Committee last night looked at and again, the Scrutiny Committee asked for this report and therefore we've been completely open and analytical and transparent in identifying these three cases, explaining what we did and took that to Scrutiny last night and Scrutiny agreed that the actions taken... There was nothing else we could have done. We put all the processes and procedures in place and we acted quickly in every case. If
2: I've got this correct, Colin, the, the incident with the uh, elderly gentleman who who fell off the back of the lift at the back of the bus, people did know about it uh, and nothing happened. You told me uh, that you weren't aware about that and things only started to happen as a result of, of what happened with, with Joan Cook. So things aren't that being was, done.
29: That one, that, 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 that was reported. That and nothing reported. happened. And it was reported action was taken no the, the two people involved were disciplined and had file written warnings so action was taken but you didn't they, know about the, it the person involved the person involved was taken to um, the person involved was immediately taken and normal social n- normal safeguarding issues were actually applied in some of saying, first, the hospital making sure they're okay I would what hope so happen, I would
2: hope if an elderly gentleman absolutely. falls off quite a high lift
29: they are rushed to hospital absolutely the, the um, what didn't happen was um uh, there's a, uh, there's a proper safeguarding action um uh should have been instigated and um for some reason um and it may well it may well have been and that we pick that up there may well have been training of the people involved, not just not just the it Seems the, there's the the a lot of training staff.
2: problems with your staff.
29: No. Um, there's not a lot of training problems. Oh, so far,
2: the, the, the people who didn't restrain the, the the young man, they've had to go for extra training. The the incident with the elderly gentleman falling off the back of a bus, people weren't trained properly there. You've had to retrain, I'm assuming, the drivers to uh, check that there aren't any uh, elderly people with dementia left on their buses. So it seems there is big All gaps about- in the training.
29: No, all of our dry- drivers and escorts are trained to the highest level, which, which is called the Pats or Miter standard of training. What we've done is initiated refresher courses for all drivers. What we haven't done is, um, and because it's only just come in, we're actually, only work, we're actually working through, and we've got something like about 400 staff across the board. We've got about 120 internal staff. But so? We've, got, we've also got, wait a second, we've got about 300 external staff that work for contractors. right. And we had to get them through the new safeguarding. The new safeguarding is about making people aware about what actions you take in situations like that. We've only just recently got through that process. But hopefully you can understand as well, these people don't earn a lot of money. So? Hopefully don't,
2: you these can these understand that leaving... Money, hopefully... it is a uh, very Colin. How much they earn? How much? No, I off. won't, because you're talking nonsense. How much they earn is irrelevant. I, Hopefully, I, I you can understand that. that leaving an 88-year-old woman with dementia on a bus for 14 hours is uh, is wrong. Uh, an elderly gentleman falling off the back of a bus is wrong. An autistic child being allowed to run into the road and being hit by a car is wrong. I don't care how much they get paid or how many staff mm. you have working for you. If they can't prevent those things happening, then people have a right to know. And you suggesting? That your staff don't go to the press so that the public do know about the inefficiencies in your service, I think no, is a little bit all. disingenuous.
29: No, not at all, because effectively, we have, the actions we've taken have been very transparent. The actions we've taken have actually been reported and again through scrutiny last night. They are transparent, they are open. That is why the safeguarding procedure does exactly that process, why we've instigated that process. And we've been completely transparent with everything we did. All we said was to our staff was, If you have a problem, there is a correct way to deal with that problem through the whistleblowing process or through your normal management lines of control, not going to the press. That's what we said. Um, That is not taking it away from people. I'm not trying to gag anybody, but you don't achieve the end result that you might want to achieve, i.e. a better service, by going out... To the press, there's a proper line of control and, ma- and management to be. To be final able question,
2: final question, Colin. Can you guarantee that these things won't happen again? An old man falling off the back of a bus, an autistic child being hit by a car, and an, uh, an elderly woman with dementia being left on a bus overnight.
29: I can. I, what I can say is, is that I do not believe we could do any more within our service to make sure that sort of thing never happens again. Um, I, I would be absolutely gobsmacked if, for example, the incident with Mrs Cook ever could happen again because we've gone to such ridiculous lengths where, as you said yourself... Um, not, not, the drivers are always asked to check the vehicle. Now they don't only check the vehicle, they put every seatbelt in place to ensure that nobody is sat in that vehicle. They then go over, they return the keys, they sign a log to say the vehicle, and everyone, this vehicle is safe, safe the, everyone's been delivered, and then, and only then, does a supervisor come out and then check that vehicle again. So do I believe, I think... Uh, it, I, I would. I hate to say it could never happen. I, I think yeah. the chances of happening are very, very remote.
2: Colin, we have to end it there. Colin Chick, uh, corporate director of Environment and Regeneration at Luton Borough Council, cannot guarantee one hundred percent that an elderly woman with dementia won't get left on a bus overnight. Wow. Uh, we're a little bit late. Thanks for being patient. Here's the travel news now with Adam.
3: Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs.
7: BBC Three Counties Radio. Busy and slow on the A1 as you come to the Black Cap roundabout. Some delays in Chesant on the A10. Also, as you drive into London through High Barnet, a burst water main on Alston Road means it's closed. Anti clockwise M25 slow through the roadworks. Also, busy Maple Cross down to the M4. If you're travelling on trains east coast, 15 minute delays possible. Peterborough to Kings Cross. This is electrical supply problems at Finsbury Park, affecting First Capital Connect services as well. Alexandra Palace to Kings Cross and to Moorgate. Adam Glyn, BBC Three Counties Radio.
2: Good morning. It's 19 minutes past eight. It's Friday the 13th of September. My name's Ian Lee and these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A teenager has been found dead in Luton's Hastings Street. A charity for elderly people says there are far too many incidents of neglect on Luton's transport services for vulnerable patients. They're calling for more to be done. And in sport, the Premier League say they'll work with the FA to develop young talent capable of playing for England and in the domestic top flight. Coming up, we'll get your response... To my conversation there with Colin Chick, Corporate Director for Environment and Regeneration at Luton Borough Council.
8: BBC Three Counties Radio.
3: Tonight there's an extra Three Counties sport. Great run in! And the near post! Luton are in conference action away to Wrexham, hoping to consign the hosts to their fourth straight
17: defeat.
19: From the out 2, Wrexham
17: By building on Saturday's performance. The only thing we're disappointed about is we haven't scored the goal that wins the game. We have people that can score, I know that we do. If we keep doing that, then I think the rest will follow.
3: Wrexham versus Luton, tonight from 7 in Three Counties Sports.
2: Well, I did say to you that uh, there had been incident at uh, BBC Three Counties Radio in the car park. uh, There were two, it's not a particularly big car park, two huge trucks were parked in there. And uh, we all saw them this morning as we came in and we're all going, oh, who's parked in there. None of us, none of us, dear listener, had the uh, gojones to go up to them and say, excuse me, would you mind moving? None of us apart from one man. Only one man was brave enough. In times of trouble, we turned to a hero. That hero's name? is jonathan Vernon smith <laughs> you went and spoke to them i had a you, massive row with them you, they nearly killed me this morning did you morning. wake them up because they were asleep in there
9: were they oh how disgusting well i as i arrived they were blocking everybody in so i went up to to one of them yep. and i said what are you doing how am i supposed to get my car in e- anyway he instantly got very aggressive with me and he said, we've got permission. I said, who gave you permission to leave your lorries in this car park? He said, the the hotel. So he pointed at the hotel over the road. So that was it. I stormed over there. Yeah. I spoke to them. They said, "We d- they've not even been staying here. Right. They said, it must be the other hotel. So I went in the other hotel. Wow. They said... No, 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 we didn't give them permission, but actually we'd like to know who they are, because they've been blooming abusive to our staff all night as well. Oh, dear. So I came back out there, had a go uh, had a go at them. Then one of them gets out of his lorry, comes to back up his mate. I said, excuse me, there is no need to be so rude. Mm. I'm trying to establish why you're parking our car park. He said, what's the problem? I said, I'll tell you the problem. Nobody can get their cars in or out of our car park. That's the problem. At that point, he said, "You need to get a life, mate." After well. he had done something that I can't even describe because people might be having their breakfast, he did something involving his nostrils on the floor. Disgusting! These people were absolute animals, wretched animals. And there was there was a aggra- great physical aggression as well, wasn't well, there? Well, thankfully, my good colleague Tim yeah. he came and backed me up. Well, and my colleague Jenna she came and backed me up. She'd as be well. more use, I think, than Tim. as they drove off, they threw a stone at me. They threw a stone at me. It hit my colleague Jenna's car. It landed on the. F- it, well, it actually hit her. her, her poor thing. Why are you laughing? <laughs> because they, <laughs> they were trying to get me. They, they got Jenna her got it. hit with a stone. <laughs> they threw a stone. Anyway, don't you worry. Don't you worry. I've already been onto the police this morning. Have you? I've already established which firm has hired them. The lorries. Yes. They're phoning me back this morning to tell me the, the details of these people. Wow. I'll find them, don't you worry. And then what are you going to do with them when you oh, do find them? I can't go into detail on air. Karate chop to the windpipe? Don't, I'm not going, I'm not giving away my secret weapon on air. It's at times like this I wish I had a taser. <laughs> Make their eyeballs pop
2: <laughs> out. <laughs> What you you didn't get, uh, dear listener, as Jonathan was recounting that story, he was
9: acting it out. It was oh, Richard, I'm sick of these kinds of people. Who do they think they are? They throw their weight around, and and everybody, you know, they make everybody feel frightened. No, it's time to stand up. Exactly. Walter, Walter the Softy is standing up to Dennis well, the Menace. We just had a conversation upstairs. One of my colleagues said, oh, yeah, but you know what's going to happen? If you if you cause them trouble, they're going to come back and they're going to do things to our cars in the car. We cannot allow Ooh. these people to just carry on behaving like this without yeah. people standing up to them. That's No, hang on a second. That is
2: a, actually a really good point. Mine and the uh, producer Tara's and Kelly Betts' cars, well, like we're here before Well,
9: can I suggest yours. you park your car in another car park because I'm not no. allowing these kinds of people to just bully everyone else, throw their weight around, and there are never any repercussions. These people are got to be held to account.
2: Of all the turf wars I could have got involved in in Luton, I didn't think you'd be involved
9: in it. You'd be one of the sides. I thought they were going to kill me this morning, especially when the other one got out the lorry and came over to have a go, and I suddenly had a realisation. I was holding a briefcase and wearing tweed. <laughs> I thought, oh, good Lord, I've got tweed on <laughs> well done you for saying something if my car gets keyed i'll send you the bill oh right what's on your show today coming up on the big phone in this morning do you want house prices to go up or down the Bank of England should use its powers to limit house price increases to 5% a year. That's according to the Royal Institution of Chartered Surveyors. They say a 5% annual rise could trigger a cap on how much people can borrow and potentially encourage sellers to lower the price tag on their property. It's interesting. There's all this talk now, in of of how we've got to try to stop house prices getting out of control. Yes. Hello? aren't they already out of control? I mean, what on earth are you supposed to do if you're a young person in this in this area mm-hmm. trying to buy your first property? Unless you've had an inheritance or unless you win the lottery, how on earth are you ever supposed to afford enough deposits to be able to a get a on the ladder? You don't stand a chance at all. Well, from nine this morning, I want your views. Do you want house prices to go up or down I want you to just be totally selfish about it and say, for you personally, what would you prefer? Perhaps if you're a young person and you are renting at the moment and you really want to be able to buy somewhere to raise a family and to call your own home, uh, you really want house prices to go down. Or perhaps you are, like many people listening, uh, sitting on what you consider to be your investment. Mm. It's the money that you think of as being your security for your future. And actually, secretly, you'd quite like those prices to keep going on up. 08459 455 555. I want to hear from you at nine. Call
8: 08459 455 555.
9: BBC
3: Three Counties Radio. Uh, a few minutes ago,
2: I spoke to Colin Chick, the Corporate Director for Environment and Regeneration at Borough Council. We talked uh, about uh, the uh, 88-year-old lady who'd been left on a bus overnight. We talked about the elderly gentleman who'd fallen off the uh, lift at the back of a bus and was taken to hospital. We also talked about a 16-year-old autistic boy who, uh, who broke free from his uh, escort and ran into the road and was hit by a car. Uh, Tim's in Milton Key- Keynes. Good morning, Tim. Good morning. Eh? Tim, what would you... Yeah, I'm good, thank you. What would you like to say?
27: Uh, I would like to say, well, basically, I live in Milton Keynes. Uh, we have a care assistant because my boy is 14 and he's got serious autism. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's been with him since uh, we moved here. She's been with him for four years. Now, we had an incident, I don't know if you know, in Walnut Tree, Milton Keynes, you've got a place called Snap, where disabled children can go have coffee, play games, etc. before yep. they start school. Yep. Anyhow, he's been picked up by the driver and the care assistant. And it was about 10 o'clock in the morning when they were coming back to the other side of the school. The driver sat in his cab, the care assistant. She's shouting at the driver that he's getting out of control and he did not get out of the car and help her. She had long nails, the care assistant. Mm. So my son, he's got out of the wagon at the back and he's run straight across a busy road, which is, uh, is quite busy and she's grabbed him, and his nails are digged into him. Mm. When the nails digged into him, driver's seen blood, he's phoned his office, the police have turned up, etc. Oh, dear. They came, they came to our house, it says, what do you want to do? Do you want to press charges? We said, no. I said, at the end of the day, she has saved my son's life, irrespective of whether his, her nails have digged into her. She's been with him for four years, she knows how to handle him. Then the council wanted to take... Serious action against her. Uh, they wanted to take her to court, etc. Because the driver was saying she's done this other kids. We had to go to foot court to save this care assistant job. Uh, I think she did a brilliant thing, and I think. If a care assistant is working with a child and these kind of things happen, they should be able to restrain a person to their best ability if it's going to be life-threatening for that person. When
2: you hear Mr Chick from uh, Lutonborough Council uh, saying that a 16-year-old autistic lad, a a big lad, broke free uh, from the the, the escort uh, and ran into the road and was hit by a car, and and Mr Chick was arguing, well, what is reasonable force? What is reasonable restraint? What would you say to him?
27: Reasonable restraint? I would say to him that I think um, the assistant acted in their best interest. Obviously, you panic, so you've got to take into consideration the assistant's panicking at the same time. Mm -hmm. And all I've got to say to this person, sorry, Mr. Chick, that... I felt as though he was keeping, holding things back. He wasn't being truthful this morning.
2: OK, well, uh, we, uh, thank you very much uh, uh, for that, uh, Tim. We don't know for sure. I'm, I'm sure Mr. C- Mr Chick was being uh, uh, as honest as, uh, as he was with the information, so I wouldn't like to cast aspersions there. But I do think, if you've got the choice of your kid getting a bruise on their arm because someone's grabbed them, or, they, or getting knocked over by a car, which would you go for, really? Which would you go for? You'd go for the bruise on the arm every single time. Of course you would. Neither are ideal. But I'd rather my boy had a bruise on his arm than got hit by a car. It's 8.30, it's BBC Three Counties Radio.
3: Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs.
8: BBC Three Counties Radio.
7: Busy on the A1 at the Black Cat Roundabout with delays from Eden Soken. It's looking a little bit better than it was, but slow nonetheless quite slow on the speed sensors on the A602 as you go through Watton at Stone, and delays on the A414, leaving the A10 and going westbound into Hartford. Slow again further down the A414 near the London Coney Roundabout. Some delays as well into and out of St Albans on the A4147, the Hemel Hempstead Road, leaving the M1. The M1 on the cameras is fine though, M25, busy through the roadwork section, slow again as you approach the M40, and the M4. And on the trains, East Coast report delays of up to 15 minutes possible. Peterborough to and from King's Cross. They have electrical supply problems at Finsbury Park. It's affecting First Capital Connect services as well. They're running with delays of up to half an hour. Alexandra Palace to King's Cross and to Moorgate. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs.
8: This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: Good morning with the headlines, I'm Serena Farrow. A teenager's been found dead in Luton. A 43-year-old's now been arrested on suspicion of murder. In other news, a charity for elderly people says there are far too many incidents of neglect on Luton's transport services for vulnerable patients. They're calling for more to be done. The Bank of England's being encouraged to cap the average rise in house prices to 5% a year. It's to head off the danger of an unsustainable property boom. We'll stay listening for more on this as JVS is covering the story from Nine. He'll be asking, do you want house prices to go up or down? And finally, the Education Secretary is announcing new rules for children's homes. It's all to try and improve care and address past failures. That's the news. Now let's move on to all the morning sport.
3: Three county sports.
0: BBC Three Counties Radio. Locally, then, are looking at this evening. Luton Town play Wrexham in the conference. Wrexham, defeated in last season's playoff final, have started the season quite poorly, just one win. But Hatters boss John Still feels tonight's opposition will improve.
17: They're one of the clubs that. Uh, people would think w- would be a threat, uh, whether they are or not. You know, the season remains to be seen. But you, they, they, these are the best, these are great games. These, you know, I think when you get former football league clubs up against each other, they they're, they're, they're great games
0: taking a look at tomorrow's fixtures then and Stevenage managers preparing his side for the trip to Preston. That's the club which sacked him last season, remember? Graham Wesley then returned to Marriage Borough for a third time. And because of that, isn't sure what sort of reception he'll get.
18: How can I predict that? You know, there'll be, I'm sure, people at at that football club who recognise the good work that I did. You'll get those that despise me because we lost some games when the squad was weak and tested. And um, there'll be those that understand that I took on A lot of very big battles on behalf of the football club.
0: In the Championship, Watford have their game against Charlton after the international break. Meanwhile, MK Dons host Notts County, Wickham are at Plymouth. In rugby, Bedford begin their league campaign against London Welsh at Saracen Stadium. And elsewhere, the head of Qatar's World Cup committee says there's no reason why the tournament should be taken away from them. Earlier this week, FIFA president said it may have been a mistake to think it may have been staged in the summer months in Qatar because of the extreme heat. So a switch to the cooler winter months is now highly likely. Finally, Andy Murray takes on 16-year-old US Open boys' champion Borna Chorich in the Davis Cup. Great Britain take on Croatia in the world qualifying tie. BBC Three Counties Radio, more from me at nine. Call 08459 455
3: 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Got some live music before the
2: end of the show. i forgot about that, it's Friday. That's exciting, isn't it? The Shires are coming. We're looking forward to that. But before that, we are banging the drum for local libraries in the three counties. I love libraries. I love them. I think they're fantastic, wonderful places. And uh, there's some cracking ones in Beds, Hearts and Bucks. Well, having heard about funding pressures threatening the future of some of Luton's libraries this week, we've been asking what can be done to make them more appealing to residents young and old. Well, Justin Dealey has been asking how would you make libraries sexier?
21: It needs
8: more audio books. So a better range of books in audio format.
12: So, the libraries then are stuck in the past. Try and bring it forward to the year 2013, that might help.
10: Yeah, definitely. Steph, how old are you? Uh, 16.
12: 16 years old. When was the last time you used that library just behind us there?
10: Um, about a couple of years ago.
12: So, two years ago. Yep. How would you make it sexy? How would you get more people in there? Um,
5: have sexy library, librarians.
12: <laughs> you, you can make it more intellectual, by all means, but look, you cannot make a library sexy, unless you want to go down the route of sexy and unfortunately a library doesn't come under
2: that Well, it should come under that thing. That's the problem. We can make libraries sexier. Well, we can hear about a library success story now. Let's see if we can find out some of the secrets and bring them down to beds, hearts and bucks. Brian Gambles is the director of the Library of Birmingham, which has just reopened in Centenary Square in the city. Morning, Brian.
30: Good morning, Ian. How are you? I'm
2: very well. I've seen this building. It's a wonderful building, isn't it?
30: We're absolutely thrilled with it. It's everything we dreamt it should be.
2: What What are the key aspects of your library?
30: goodness well
2: i know we i know i know there's a lot of them
30: th- there's, it's a very big library it's the largest public library in europe so so let's not pretend it's typical of any libraries but i hope that what we've achieved this week over the last 10 days um is an inspiration and and a hugely positive public relations messages for for libraries up and down the country because we've shown that people people do want to use libraries and the, and all the talk about Declining use, it can be reversed. On we opened on the third of September, and on the eleventh of September, so that's day nine. We welcomed visitor number one hundred thousand through wow. the door. People like libraries. People well, love libraries. Well,
2: it can't just be the size, and it is massive. It, it, well, what else has it got going for it that's attracting people through the doors?
30: We've, we've tried to make it, first of all, and th- these may sound like buzzwords, but I think they're really important. We've tried to make it as welcoming and accessible and friendly as we possibly can so that everybody in the community thinks it's their library. So we've got, we've got volunteers working there. We've had student helpers. We've had people meeting and greeting to encourage people to come through the doors, and when they're through the doors it's a big library so let's give them a bit of guidance give them a give them a show uh, wh- where they might like to go talk to them about the services they they um, they might be interested in accessing we've we've tried to provision spaces that where where people can relax so there's there's a cafe there's a place we're not we're not restrictive on people can take their coffee where they like and sit down and read a book at a desk or in a comfortable chair there's lots of variables types of seating we see people sprawled all over the place reading it's it's just a fabulous atmosphere
2: now uh, the Luton in particular is uh, particularly multicultural, and so are other places in beds, hearts, and bucks. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Birmingham is. How are you uh, co- uh, coping and cap- um What's the word I'm looking for? Catering is the word I'm looking for. Thank you very much indeed. How are you <coughs> catering for the different cultural groups in Birmingham?
30: Well, Birmingham is a is a big multicultural city, as you, as you say, and a massive uh, population, particularly, of course, of young people. I and mean, its a, its other demographic is uh, is its youth. It's the youngest city in Europe, um, and that's that's where we've really placed our focus. Um, this is a library for all people. Um, the, the number of specialist services for individual groups in in uh, ethnic minority groups, if you like, is is relatively small because this is about serving people and it's children of all all ages. What we've tried to create Create. And I heard some of your your um, your listeners commenting on that a library should be sexy. Well, the, the the word we've we've tried to use, I think, is is cool. And and we've heard young people coming in and saying, "Wow, is this really a library?" And and yes, it is.
2: Uh, listen, I do want to make libraries uh, in, in beds, hearts, and bucks sexy or cool. Do you, do you think it, it can be done? we've had some callers phoning in? Slightly older callers saying, "Whoa, hey, we don't need to change libraries. Libraries are fine the way they are." Is that part of the problem, do you think, Brian? That that that, that some people are kind of stuck in their idea of of, of what a traditional library
30: is. I, I think libraries have to change uh, I, I really do and I'm, I'm fortunate enough to be directing a library which is big enough to have spaces for everybody so there are parts of the library where the people who, who want uh, the library to be a, a place of quiet where they can be silent and, and study in peace and quiet on their own um, that, that's a need we cater for um, but actually uh, you talk to young people that's, that's not how they want to, to run the library and at times, there there are there are moments in life when you have to look to the future, and they're our future.
2: Brian, listen, I think it's cracking what you're doing. Best of luck. I shall be visiting that library at some point in the next few months, fingers crossed. So, uh, well done for that. Brian Gambles, director of the Library of Birmingham, a success story that proves that libraries can be hip and with it. Eh, hey, kids? Across beds, hearts and bucks.
3: This is Ian Lee.
8: BBC Three Counties Radio
2: it's Friday the 13th. We've been talking about superstitions, and it turns out you are a rather superstitious bunch. We had one poor lady. Well, she, she did have a lot of bad luck on Friday the 13th. It would have been her husband's birthday today if he hadn't have died on Friday the 13th last year. So she has quite good reason to uh, be suspicious of the day. But lots of you are very superstitious. Uh, Justin Dealey, is you, you have been played with
12: problems since the Krishnas yeah. gave you a, a, <laughs> a cursed elephant. Yes, they gave me uh, an elephant last October, and since then I've had unprecedented bad luck. So uh, when it comes to Harry Krishna elephants, yes, slightly superstitious, but Friday the 13th, it doesn't really bother me. Either. Can
2: I pick you up on something you said, and you said it earlier, and it's just making me... Yeah, it's yeah. unprecedented. Yes, Un- you say unprecedented. Okay. And that enough. kind of would imply that there isn't a president involved, when All actually right. there isn't a precedent, you see. Is this what you try and make
12: out you're clever? No,
2: no, no. It's you the same thing as well. You say click when you mean clique. Okay. And it just really... You know, no disrespect. I really do think you're There's one of the some most...
12: There's words that you can't pronounce.
2: For example? Schedule? I do think you're one of the most adequate presenters that we've got working within the BBC network. And yeah. um, I, just, I just... You know, I think you could be a little bit better if you just said words correctly Hmm. not the usual sort of feedback i get but um, i appreciate it thank you well i know it's quite positive feedback so i can (laughs) understand now this morning we've been looking for you to try and find i wanted you to take out a small mirror and see if you could find anybody who's got the gojones who
12: is brave enough to smash that mirror. Have you found anybody? Yes, in Ooh. the first hour we had somebody saying, do you know what? I don't believe in these superstitions. I would smash a mirror. Sadly, we didn't have a mirror. I went to Sainsbury's in Bury Park in Luton to buy a mirror. I did. Now, whilst I was there, <laughs> I found a couple of listeners at the front that were talking to me. I said, is that the mirror you're going to take out and smash? I heard you earlier. And I said, yes, that's the mirror. At the same time, a gentleman was there called Mark Mulford, and he said, I heard you this morning. I would smash a mirror. I said, are you sure? Wow. He said, yes, I would do it. He with me live right now mark good morning, good morning. you're live across beds hearts and bucks how old are you mark i'm 40 have you ever smashed a mirror before yes okay did you have any bad luck off the back of that not that i remember do you believe in superstitions some ones mm, such as uh, sleep magpies wouldn't walk under a ladder i mean you're serious about this you are genuine you want to smash this mirror live on air you, th- this is genuine yep you don't feel scared not really, no. Your sister's here as well. You must be concerned about your brother for doing this.
10: No, it wouldn't be the, the, the first thing that's been stupid that he's done in a long time. <laughs> you see, if it
12: if it was somebody in my family, I would be concerned because you never quite know. You know, superstitions, somebody smashing a mirror, it's meant to be very bad luck.
10: Well, it's meant to be very bad luck, but working in vehicle rental and having to replace wing mirrors, on occasions they do get dropped. (laughs) Very, Um. very
12: good point. OK, Mark, so just before you do this, can you confirm that in a week's time you will come back on and you will talk to Ian and let us know how your week's gone, whether you've had good luck or bad luck? Will you confirm you will do that for us? I can confirm I will come back and let you know.
2: Justin, it's, c- just just let Mark know this, that we, we, I'm looking forward to speaking to him next week, but yep. we will have to be following him closely for the next seven years.
12: <laughs> uh, for the next seven years, actually, we're going to be following your every movement. Is that okay? <laughs> yeah, if you want to. I, mean, I, I know you like Ian, but maybe that's a bit too much over seven years. Right, there's a picture of you on our Facebook page if people want to go and see you. It's uh, facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. So, Ian, are you ready for this? Oh, I am ready okay, and this willing. This Mark Mulford from Luson who's about to smash Shamira live across at bed sarts and Bucks. Take it away. Oh, oh we couldn't you couldn't smash it. it. Come on! <laughs> right, okay you've done it. It's broken. How do you feel? Pretty much the same as I did just before I did it Okay, Put these headphones on, Ian, talk to this man This is Mark Mulford. Mark, listen, you're, a, you're a ver- either a very brave
2: Or a very, very foolish gentleman you, you, Who knows what demons you are invoking here uh, You've smashed the mirror yep. And uh, d- d- I do hope Justin cleans this up afterwards I hate to be accused of littering Do you feel any different? Do you feel any, any, any kind of spectres Floating around you? No, not at all Are you normally quite a lucky gentleman? or w- 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 Which way does it go for you in terms of luck?
25: Oh, so so. So
2: so. Okay. So if, if if things started to get worse, you you would definitely notice a down downward trend in your luck. Yeah. Mark, listen. We're going to speak to you next week. We'll be speaking to you. Um, well, for the next seven years, hopefully, at some yeah. point. I, I wish. I hope nothing happens. And, and if it does, by the way, did you sign that form saying that if you do get any bad luck, you can't blame me or Justin for it? No. Nuts.
12: Oh, and Ian. By the way. Yes. Uh, that mirror was seven pounds. You said you'd pay me back. Well, Just uh, saying. Um, OK, we've got to go now. Cheers, bye. Thank you very much
2: indeed. There you go. Well, I'm genuinely quite excited by that, and feeling, if I'm honest, feeling a little bit anxious. I do hope nothing bad happens to that gentleman. He sounded very, very nice. 08459 five nine four We'll have some music in a bit, shall we? Before that,
3: let's get the latest travel news with Adam. Travel news for
7: beds, cards, and bugs.
8: BBC Three Counties Radio.
7: We're not doing too badly this morning. It hasn't been too bad on any of the main routes. Looking at the M25 cameras, and it is busy in the roadworks section. Waltham Abbey to Enfield, junction 26 to 25. And a little slow from Maple Cross to the M4, junction 17 round to 15. But much better than your average morning commute. Through Marlow, the A404's looking quite busy, as you make your way up toward the M40 at junction 4. Some delays up at the top of the A1 southbound as you come through St Neots and down toward the Black Cat roundabout it's fine though once you get toward the A1M no trouble that I can see really on any of the other routes through the three counties or indeed in toward London High Barnet though Alston Road still closed because of a burst water main between Puller Road and Wood Street if you're traveling by train this morning bit of disruption for East Coast and First Capital Connect. They're both running with delays of up to half an hour. For East Coast it's Peterborough to King's Cross. For First Capital Connect that's Alexandra Palace to King's Cross and to Moorgate and it's electrical supply problems at Finsbury Park. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much.
2: It's 8.46. It's Friday the 13th of September. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A murder investigation has been launched after a 19-year-old has been found dead in Luton. After an elderly patient with dementia was left on a transport bus in Luton overnight, the council says it's now improved its service. And Luton Town play Wrexham in the conference this evening. Coming up, we're going to have a little bit of live music, but before that, let's get the weather with Elizabeth.
21: Beds, hearts, and Bucks weather.
3: BBC Three Counties Radio.
21: Hello, very good morning to you. Well, we've got a very mild, muggy start to the day. A few outbreaks of drizzle likely. And this could lead to some showery outbreaks of rain at times as well. So not completely dry today, unfortunately. Um, Going to turn west first, of course, over parts of Buckinghamshire. We do have some showery rain just pushing in over the next couple of hours or so. Uh, So feeling very muggy, very cloudy, very damp. Temperatures eventually getting up to 18 or 19 degrees Celsius this afternoon. That's 66 in Fahrenheit. Perhaps a brighter slot developing this afternoon, but brightness really quite limited, I'm afraid, for the rest of the day today. As we head into tonight's rush hour, we'll start to see some outbreaks of rain spreading from the west as we get into, uh, sort of, well, just after dark, really, between 7 and 8 o'clock. That's when we're starting to see the rain push in from the west. And it will turn heavy and persistent overnight. A very wet night to come. Temperatures down to 12 or 13 degrees Celsius. The rain's still around with us tomorrow morning, too. It will eventually. Eventually, push off around lunchtime, so leaving us with a dry and a brighter afternoon. That's your slot to get out and about, I think, across the three counties over the weekend. It won't feel too bad, but it is going to be a chilly night on Saturday into Sunday. Sunday will start off all right, but gradually deteriorate as the the day goes on. Uh, We're going to finish off Sunday actually with some very strong gusts of wind and uh, some more outbreaks of rain, so very autumn y over the weekend. That's the forecast. If you've
8: got a problem with a company a council or an organisation
0: they were really really unhelpful they laughed at me The
8: JVS Show fights for your rights and tackles your consumer problems We have been
5: back 11 visits each time because of the problems my husband's been having
19: Since beginning of June I've had no schedule freezer
5: If you need
8: our help email jvsshow at bbc.co.uk
19: the Gentlemen, then agreed to refund me my money as of yet he's resold the vehicle, and still no refund. The
8: JBS Show. Weekdays from nine. BBC Three Counties Radio.
2: Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. As you know, we like to have a little bit of live music uh, on a Friday to end the week. I'm joined by Chrissy and Ben, who are the Shires. Good morning. Morning. Good morning. Now, Chrissy, oh. I you, you managed to make... I saw on Twitter there was some concern that you might not wake up in time.
10: Yes. It's a wee bit early for me, but, um... It's it's well, virtually nine it, o'clock it's it a is day. It is okay now yes but i did get up about six i think that, that's is, quite early is that all yeah, six for, o'clock
2: for goodness <laughs> sakes ben, are you kind of the driving force are you the responsible one out of the two of you <laughs> I, I guess yeah <laughs> i probably would say yeah. i am okay. yeah uh, now what you, you country music is it yeah but, but you're young people why would you be digging the country scene
10: it's new country isn't it new country so
2: who are your influences what kind of stuff do you like I'll, I'll let chrissy uh,
31: reel off a
10: few um yeah. we love a bit of the lady antebellum oh yes um martina mcbride we love the civil wars um oh god how many they're,
31: they're all american people because like over here there's just yeah. like no one so we're G- what, to- what about a bit of glenn campbell
10: oh i heard him earlier i yeah. really liked that do you, have you know not- kelly didn't kelly's didn't really agree
31: Miserably isn't she <laughs> <laughs> listen what's your first song you got for us uh, we keep calling it the new one. It's called All Over Again. We've just, just written this last week. So. Oh, so the, the, this is yes, the, the, the new le- one. Let's have the new one then. Yeah. Away you go.
13: Thank you. <laughs> I am falling in love with you all over again. I think I'm falling in love with you.
22: you
11: I was figuring out finding
22: what I'll do to make you smile whoa. we're
13: whoa, whoa. too caught up
22: in all that
0: stuff we
13: gon' lie it's just you and me right now I think I'm falling in love with you all over again I think I'm falling in love with
22: I, I, I told you lately But there's something By the way You look tonight I think I'm falling In
13: love with you All over again I think I'm falling In love with you All over again I think I'm, I'm falling in love, in love with you All over again. again I think I'm falling In love with you When you look in my eyes and it's like the first time you gave me a heart and you just keep giving me more. Bounce bounce, yes. Bounce, yes. bounce, 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 bounce. Yeah. It's the remix of the shires. They're coming at you with lies. Whether your beds, hearts, or buy, Then you can listen to us <sighs> sipping our milky tea. Playing for Ian Lee. Yeah. It's almost oh, it's a freaking, freaking weekend. weekend. Bringing country, country to, to BBC Three. Count and see.
2: excellent there we go there we go the last 30 seconds was excellent before that it was awful <laughs> hey that was brilliant that was really good yeah, thank you for that little uh, little uh, bit of r kelly at the oh, end it's yeah. your favorite song, it's yeah, so. it is my it's favorite nice song <laughs> of all time so how how long does it take you to write something like that and who kind of leads it I
31: mean, I I start the most of the songs, yeah, um, and then I mean that took us like half an hour, an hour, really, um, maybe yeah. two hours actually. Oh, okay. if yeah, come on, be honest, those, two hours.
10: Those words took us what ages? A long time. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, trying to find the right it words. Was don't
31: so me. painful yesterday. You're <laughs> to squeeze your name in, actually. Well,
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> I appreciate.
31: Uh, it's always nice having
2: gentlemen singing my name. Uh, <laughs> but but that, I mean, that, that is obviously a really good song, the song that Thank you wrote. You. Thank do, do, do you know when you've written a good song? Do you kind of go, yeah? Do you know what? Let's go and get a coffee and donuts. We've we've earned
31: our, our pay this week. I think yeah. Most of the time, I mean, sometimes you write a song and you think this is the one, and then you play it to everyone. Everyone goes, mm, I'm not sure. But I think 90 percent of the time, you, we, you know, and that one. And then the we usually we go it, we write just knew.
10: another one that we really like. And then all of a sudden, our sets live. Yeah, we struggle to like
31: not get get enough song, well, yeah find the right yeah. i are mean, playing a gig tonight in Watford at the Flag, mm. and we've got about eight songs, and we've cut about four of them. Yeah. So. But that's a great position to be in, though. You can kind of pick and mix and
2: judge how it's going. And go, hang on, maybe this one will fit in a little bit yeah. better. Here. Let's yeah. start yeah, this yeah, in. Exactly. How did you get together?
10: We like, met through a mutual friend, didn't we? Yeah, kind of Facebook. Yeah, Facebook
31: really. Mm. Um, like I, I've, I've only gone to country really for like, last year. I was just looking for someone and then i put a thing on facebook there must be a country singer somewhere yeah. who's good and i've got quite a few bad people mentioned yeah it. <laughs> i've done that
2: with bands hey yeah. we're looking for a singer and you get loads mm. of people sending you little mp3s or youtube videos yeah. it's like oh my but then, See, but then I,
10: office, i've always yeah. had the same with with writers and uh, other people they always send stuff to me and i'm like oh it's not quite good
31: the mm. second we met each other it was just like yeah this is it we met i like got
10: halfway through a track or something that you sent me i was like wow yeah, yeah. i'm up for this and so what's what's
2: the plan what do you want to do? You want to be on top of the pops? What, what? I don't know. What
31: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we see ourselves as a very radio too. We're not gonna, you know, we're not gonna try and be hip hop. We know, we know we're country, but I mean, we want to go to Nashville. That's the big thing for us. Going yeah. to Nashville, getting out there. That's where it all is. Um,
10: we just made- want to get country known over here. You know, like a new country. So it's not the traditional country that maybe people are maybe scared of listening yeah. to mm-hmm. something. Good a for you. Newer,
31: yeah. uh, websites, Facebooks, where do, if people want to find out more, where do they go? Uh, the Shires UK is our Twitter. Yep. We're on 87 followers. so trying to get that up yeah, a bit. Peter, Peter.
13: <laughs> can
2: we Can we get to
31: 100 before the end of the show? Please. So what's please, it, please. At, at The Shires UK? The Shires UK.
2: The Shires yeah. UK. Can we get to 100 followers before nine o'clock? For goodness <laughs> sakes, a, they're good. Uh, listen, we've got time for one more song. I may ask you to hush your singing uh, as you become the, the backing for um, uh, the travel news, which I know is every young man's dream. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Every yep. young band wants to get that travel uh, the, uh, bed gig, and y- yes. it could be yours today. <laughs> What's the next song you
31: got for us? Uh, this is the first one ever sent Chrissy's. It's called Black and White. Mm-hmm. Away you go.
13: You're given to I. So you got perspective, and you are given two ease So you hear it from both sides, but you've only got one heart. It only knows one way to love. And when you find the one, suddenly. When it's real love, you don't have to think twice When it's real love, there's no sacrifice You just let go, cause you know you got it made for life There's no compromise
2: Keep playing. We have to end the singing there, but keep playing. This is fantastic. This is The Shires. Go and follow at The Shires UK. Oh, I feel bad cutting you off in mid-prime there, but it was wonderful. Keep playing. We'll get the latest uh, travel news now with Adam. Adam, treat the travel as sensitively as you can with music like this, please.
7: No problem, Ian. I'll take it nice and slow. Looking at the M25 first off and it is looking busy anti-clockwise Waltham Abbey to Enfield it's through the roadworks section junction 26 to 25 going into the works and off toward Potter's Bar also slow Maple Cross to the M4 junction 17 to 15 again on the way into London this Alston Road in High Barnet closed off because of a burst water main between Puller Road and Wood Street that means the 384 bus has been sent on diversion around that the A10 in Chesant it looks like there's a patch of slow traffic from College Road toward the Winston Churchill Way and the A1 M starting to look quite slow as you go past Junction 7 at Stevenage. If you're travelling by train, a couple of problems I'm afraid. East Coast running with delays of up to half an hour. Peterborough to King's Cross. It's electrical supply problems at Finsbury Park causing the issue. First Capital Connect affected as well. Alexandra Palace to King's Cross and through to Moorgate. Adam Blynn, BBC Three Counties Radio.
2: Adam, thank you very much indeed. Keep we'll keep playing. We've got good news. We've got you up to 92 followers on Twitter. Amazing. Up you. to 92. Yeah. Christian Ben, thank you so much for coming in. Thank at you very the very Shires much. UK, that was absolutely wonderful Right, that's it, that's a lot, new podcast coming out later on today JVS is up next, oh he's very very tough in his tweed
8: Local and vocal across beds, hearts, and bucks.
9: This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Friday, and on today's big phone-in, do you want house prices
11: to go up or down? The Bank of England should use its powers to limit house pricing.